Legendaries and welcome to RPG Digest. In this live stream formatted podcast, we discuss tabletop role-playing games and comment on the RPG hobby as a whole. It's kind of a light week for that, but uh, we'll still have comments, we still have things to say somewhere. I am John Max Oslo, your favorite, most cherished curmudgeon critic and judge, and watching Vikings probably lose. And along with me is the person who doesn't care about football at all. Right, Ethan Dog Christopher. How are you doing? That's sir? true. I'm I'm doing great. I mean, and you are absolutely right. I don't care about football at all. <laughs> American football for you weird European people. Wow. <laughs> uh so how was your week? Anything interesting happen? Oh, mm-hmm. let's see. Yes. Um as 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 I think you know, my wife's changing jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh there's there's now going to be a week in between where she quits her old job and begins her new job. And uh, since her old job was so grueling, she hasn't been able to take vacation days in like three years. So that's all getting turned into cash. Oh, well, and it's going to be heavily taxed. It's going to be heavily taxed. But even after taxes, it's going to be $6,800. So we're going on vacation. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're either going to Florida or we're going to Missouri because we have friends. I'm that not giving you vacation time. So how's that going to work out? That's what's going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be, I'm telling everyone the day I'm telling you, it is going to be on December 12th. I will be gone. So, so right after I go back to work. <laughs> yep. Right after you go back to work, I'll be gone. Uh, yeah. That's well, your the 11th vacation. and the 12th. So I won't be streaming on the 11th either. My, the 11th is my brother's birthday. Well, that's good. So you can go on vacation Wait, for him. It, it, are you cool with your brother? Yeah. All right, then that's good. I mean, we don't talk a lot, but it's just one of those things I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> when you go back to work. Uh-oh. Look on the screen. Yeah. That's your wife's vacation. That's When that's... you go back to work. I, did she say that? I thought she said that while you were saying uh, your thing. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, she could have been, but it, it's more, it's more apt for you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, she was so diligently trying to fix the sunshine problem. Like one minute before the stream starts, I had to kick her out of here. <laughs> yep. so, so if you don't like that, I'm glowy here. Don't blame her here. I'll do that there. There it is. Uh, funny thing about European soccer is they don't pause the clock for penalties. If they, yeah, nobody watches soccer. <laughs> it's true. 
Not in America, anyway. Everywhere else, <laughs> soccer is really great. I, I never... The Germans, Never. I tell you what, man, if there's a soccer match at 11 p.m. at night, they don't care that that big screen TV is being rolled outside and they're screaming. I'm like, for the country who has all these quiet hours, like every rule under the sun about uh, about shh, be quiet, respect your neighbor and so forth. And the polls that comes over for any reason whatsoever. Not when soccer's on. Nope. Nope. <laughs> when that's on, people screaming and drinking and, you know, shaking those little freaking cowbells and. Cops won't even come because they're watching too. But the cool thing is that the criminals aren't aren't doing crimes because they're, they're watching too. too. <laughs> <laughs> so it all works out. Yeah, Max is glow in the dark now. It's just it's funny, you know. There's less sunlight out here in the winter time, but uh, it happens that the sun shifts to right at that that arched window right there during the winter time. I didn't have this problem in summer, and I kept everything open in the summertime. But that's because the sun was back there. Yeah. Jerk sun, stop moving. It's here at the Shut up, Mar Hawkman. <laughs> Just as my preemptive. So, uh, Aaron is streaming right now, trying to take our views. Who's streaming? Aaron. Oh, well, okay. You can have him. He's dead to me now. He's dead. He knows we stream at this time. That's right. He's dead to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think. My week, my week, my week. Uh, I've been typing. Oh, my God, this rewriting. I showed some of it on Friday. I don't know if you watched it all, but uh, like what I've been typing for the Palladium stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, yesterday I got into a good groove. I got like, I want to say 10 to 12 pages done. I thought it was like 14, but then I realized I had adjusted some stuff. But uh, and I'm grooving. I'm like getting those uh, the skills done. Then all of a sudden I hit the section on piloting. Well, my version of piloting, since I'm doing a science fiction game, is much different than Heroes Unlimited. And uh, so I completely reworked the piloting section to work for me. Um, the, the galaxy guide didn't help. Uh, I haven't gone through it fully yet. Because oh. um, it, it should have um, space piloting stuff. It it does, but uh, space piloting and like all the, the where the different. So I've been using this more than the galaxy guide for now. Um, but. Uh, it, I have my own vision of how I want it to look. Like, I'm not trying to, oh my God, it has to match uh, Palladium or After the Bomber Mutants in Orbit perfectly. It just has to be compatible with it so you understand what's going on. Um, so I've, I've reworked a bunch of, uh, of the skills. So if you saw on, uh, if you saw the stream, then you already know this, but if you didn't, like, there is no communication section anymore. There are no communication skills. It's, uh, I converted them all into information technology and actually modernized it. <laughs> to be able to accept things like computers and, and how some of that technology actually works uh, and so forth. Um, like the piloting stuff, uh, weapon proficiencies, I'm simplifying them, but still having a ton of them. So it's just going to be one-handed blunt, almost based off of D&D, one-handed blunt, two-handed blunt, one-handed pierce, uh, pierce slash whatever. Slash you know, whatever, yeah. Yeah, um, and then energy weapon. There, there's going to be enough for you to have a selection, but it's not going to be like 7,000. Cause if you go through like every palladium skill, there's a, there's a website out there. It's like every palladium skill. No, no, you would have to have OCCs of like 410 skills and nobody would ever be able to figure that out. So it's, it's figuring out that balance, but the, but the piling section took me a lot because it's a sci-fi game and I don't want four different forms of how to fly an airplane when that's not going to be important. So Instead, it's three. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's stuff like that. It's just reconsidering that while while I'm writing it. When I get through the skill list, I'm probably going to give it to you to look over. Um, just don't compare it to a Palladium book. Close your Palladium books, throw them away, 
do not compare them side by side because that's not what it's meant to be. But uh, right. but see if it uh, if it makes sense. And I'll probably give it to a couple other people. I got to be careful because apparently Kevin Sambita gets really grumpy at people that uh, publish stuff like that. Well, I'm not really publishing it. I'm trying to make my own setting. And if he doesn't want me playing his game to make my own setting, I will I will change whatever copywritten word I have to. It won't be mega damage. It'll be awesome damage. <laughs> monster damage or something i don't know no to be regular damage and micro damage there you there you go <laughs> it's a mini verse uh <laughs> but yeah uh also oh, oh and uh i haven't i haven't written up on the slides yet but i've very good i've i've written up uh what i what i want to put on the slides for the rest of the shadow run thing so tomorrow i will finish up all the slides and then start my recordings Awesome. Finally done. Yay. That, that'll be great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so I'll answer the chat stuff in a second here because there's a couple, but uh, I also did, I don't know if you saw it, but I did an unboxing video for Twilight 2000. Yep. Um, that was, uh, I'm looking through it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy with how they put it together. I have not read it rule by rule, or word for word, but um, you know how I like theater of the mind play, right? Yeah. Well, it almost requires, not quite requires, but almost requires the whole hex crawl because, you know, it's a combat game. Makes sense. So, and I think just on the off-the-cuff skimming that I've done, it seems like they put it together fairly well. Not quite year zero engine, but close enough to be, to be similar. Thank you very much, Crafty Matt Craft. By the way, for as when we go through the proclivities here, let me just quickly go through them. So you guys know what uh, hashtag RP gate is. If not, pause it and read it. Um, that's where you can find out stuff about us. I've been too busy writing to do anything on those. Although even discord, I've been kind of staying a little bit away from, uh, if you want to donate PayPal Streamlabs is by far the best, best bang for buck for you. Um, and yes, web warrior, I got your information. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Um, sorry, I didn't respond. Um, I saw it on my phone and I don't like to respond on my phone. And then it just didn't ping me again when I was on my desktop. This week, Gatekeeper is going to be on Tuesday. I think Bruce is hosting it, but I'm not 100% sure. So, but uh, you can look forward to that. I'll put an announcement out somewhere. And Heathen Dog's got some news. Yes, we have completed from level one to level 50, max level, on uh, City of Villains. So we are switching games. We're going to Star Trek Bridge Crew. Your intrepid Heathen Captain. Is going to be leading a ragtag, foolish fugitive fleet on a lonely quest. <laughs> I was going to say foolish, foolish crew. I wouldn't call them bridge crew. Call them full, full crew. <laughs> trying to, uh, trying to save the universe and not die. So, how many are actually going to be playing through VR? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the two possibles. The only, only two of the four of us have VR. Uh, Garthon and Sheris. So it's possible they they'll be doing VR, but Marhawkman and I will not. Well, we Garthon's welcome to stream on LOM2 then, but only if he's doing VR. Okay. Okay. So then you, then you can do one, he can do two. Or Sheris, if he's going to do VR, since he already has access to LOM2, then people can watch your playstyle and people can watch the VR playstyle. Yeah, the, that was the one thing that I was worried about, is uh, it's it's more exciting if you can switch views to different people as they're doing stuff, but you really can't do that with... with uh, obs or twitch right. or whatever yeah you really can't do that i mean you could do it if you had everybody bring in their stream into like a, a server right right and yeah. no yeah exactly <laughs> right no i actually tried that one time didn't work out 
All right, I want to thank our monetary backers, Twitch subscribers, those who cheer, give us super chats. Remember, half super chats. And oh, by the way, I, I know that Crafty posted that, or somebody posted that message. No, basically, all half of all income goes to the giveaway. Well, then you shouldn't put super chats. Well, it's misleading. Super chats the easiest. Thing. Oh my god! I'm, no, I'm not playing the legalese <laughs> game with anybody. <laughs> um, but to, yeah, I want to thank everybody who donates, follows, subscribes, chats. Donates to the Wounded Warrior Project. Boop. And look at that. There's a fifth game on the box. This is the one that was voted in. If you didn't like it, well, you should have voted a different game in. This is what uh, won Bessem 4th Edition hardcover. That is going to be the fifth game we give away. Now, somebody asked a comment. I did not respond back to it yet, but somebody put a comment on the YouTube channel saying, hey, uh, are you going to ship overseas? And I was like, oh, good question, because no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, now, I'm if, not. If he was still in Germany... He would have to. If I was still in Germany, I could do it without it costing an arm and a leg. Well, I could do it to Europe without it costing an arm exactly. and a leg. Exactly. You, but you'd end up having to for most of the winners, just because most of the winners are probably going to be in North America. Yeah. Because um, I, I, yeah, I could do both the U.S. Postal Service and the German Postal Service out there. And I, actually, we did when I sent it to GREN, It wasn't that bad. Um, like fifty bucks. No. Oh. Well, yeah, because, but I think that's because we ordered his, if I remember correctly. Oh, right. And he had to pay 25 bucks to get it. <laughs> yeah, he had to pay something. That was funny. Uh, but no, this is only going to be for U.S. postal addresses. But don't fret. If you live in some weird country like Kanadistan or, or Mexico or, I don't know, somewhere over an ocean, Hawaii, that's a different country. Um, for postal service, for postal service, that's a different country. Really? Um, uh, we're we're going to start adding in some gift cards. The next two or three gifts are going to be gift cards so that I can give out either drive through RPG or Lulu or Amazon, whatever, gift cards for people so you can get what you want. I mean, look, good news is you get what you want. Bad news is you just get a stupid gift card so uh, that's the only way i can really do the the international thing right so but uh but in that we shall see and of course half of uh super chats bits whatever it doesn't matter we're saying super chats because we're mostly streaming on youtube so there <laughs> that's what we got uh and uh yeah Okay, uh, let's catch up on some of this chat, and then I guess we'll jump in. I got 42 unread chats here, so let me scroll back. Uh, Nora's saying I'm fat, I guess, or something. Uh, I used to live in Illinois. Well, I don't know why she's talking about that. Go for it two. Sucked. Wow. Because uh, it's a, yeah. Mega death danger. Yeah, the whole, um, not like in the 80s cut and paste. Man, you can see it, too. It's just these things you don't pay attention to until you start writing. <laughs> like, why does this one say it this way? And then the, then this one says it completely different, like two completely different authors. And you know, it's because they cut and paste it. Then you open up another book, like, you know, I got the Ninjas and Super Spies book here, right here, but it's kind of under some note cards. And you'll be like, oh, this is where the skill was introduced to the game. Huh, it's written 95% like this, but still they added three other words in whatever. Why couldn't they have changed the way it was phrased then? Ah, people don't care. Shut up, Kevin. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh giga damage yeah from rifter nine and a half that's the only rifter i've got <laughs> there we go i can do that he probably copywrote that too um let's see do, 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 do. max is too busy to talk to his wife yes i am that is true uh let's see anything else in here that's uh oh no oh no danger danger what virus alert yeah i heard about that 
Why? I Why heard, did that happen? Because somebody fucked around with things he isn't supposed to be. <laughs> Instead of just leaving it alone, leaving it on the shelf, he had to pick it up, shake it, see if it's still there. Put the Ebola in it. Put the Ebola in it. There you go. Uh, all right. I don't have anything else. I think we can jump into... Yep. Uh, We're good. Yeah, watch the unboxing video of Twilight 2000 if you care about that. Uh, I forgot to put all the Twilight 2000 graphics in it. I was a little upset after the fact, but I was in a rush. Oops. Almost closed the wrong window. I've never done that before, have I? No. Closed the wrong window. Bye. Uh, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Castles and Crusades. So, for those of you who are following along with Castles and Crusades, I will tell you that we have three weeks left. This week and two other weeks. Apparently one of which is Heathen Dog's gonna miss. So, I'll have to... Maybe maybe I'll do something special that day and make him come back for more Castles and Crusades. We'll drag it out to the end of the year. Um, but, uh... Share the screen. No, I don't want to do it that way. I want to share it over here. I said share the damn screen. What was that? <laughs> that was my son practicing his katas. Wow. I hope whatever it is is still alive. Don't kill me. Page 98. 98. All right. So we're going to break this up uh, before. Uh, oh, actually. Are you kidding me? There we go. Um, all right. Let's get the thingy up. And then we'll actually start this the way we're supposed to. Where, where is the thingy? I can find it. Labeled, there we go. God dang it. All right, today we are going to be talking about more castles and crusades. And what we're going to do today is we are going to complete the character. Then we're going to skip magic. And we're going to talk about the castle keeper section. And why am I beeping? I cannot, I have turned every notification on this phone off and it still beeps at me. What the hell? It's probably an amber alert for me. Um, but uh, we're going to talk well, about. No, not for you, about you. It probably hey shh. <laughs> thank you um but uh my wife took the phone for me but uh well, yeah, anyway your, your wife's asian she looks like a kid whenever someone sees you out with her they're like oh god amber alert <laughs> right uh we're gonna talk today we're gonna talk like you said we're gonna talk about finishing up the character the, the quick stuff with the cumbrance alignment so forth and then we're gonna talk about the castle keeper section because it's pretty small in this book because there's a castle full capitals i can't talk castle keeper guide um and then next week we'll talk about magic and then the week after we'll talk about uh combat uh and then we'll be done with castles and crusades so don't forget this is a live stream podcast discussion not a concise step-by-step -step tutorial we'll probably deviate interrupt each other go off on random topics and talk about things that aren't literally on the page sometimes and of course you can follow us here, there, and everywhere. People have been starting to take a more interest in the Redbubble uh, goods. I like that. Thank you very much. I think it's because I put a coupon code out there. And, of course, you can follow the website, Odyssey, YouTube, Twitch, PayPal, and Streamlabs if you want to donate to us. And, if, hey, why has this got the wrong picture? Because you're lazy. Bad. Bad. That's the right picture. We have now added another game. We are giving away five games for a 3,000 subscriber giveaway, plus... Us, as we gain more monies, we will uh, do gift cards. So a little bit for everybody. And uh, for anybody who asks, no, we are not shipping overseas. Sorry, but uh, now that I live in the States, that's just not in the cards. 
Okay, I will say it again. The 100,000 subscriber giveaway. <laughs> it is real. He won't he won't put it up there, but it is real. <laughs> yeah, I won't put it, it up till we till we get a little closer. Just yeah, a little. Till get a little closer. It will be a 3700X processor, a B55 motherboard, a Vega 64 uh Sapphire Nitro video card. Uh, two SSD hard drives, one of them 240 gig, the other one one terabyte for storing games, and 16 gig of RAM, uh, probably 3200 megahertz, I believe, because that that's what that's what the 3700X likes, and it'll be in a uh, the case is right here. I forget what it's called. Hang on. Look at this. His, his giveaway prize is now touching oxygen. Uh, it's forever tape. damaged. Thermaltake V21 case, if you want to look that up. As a matter of fact, I'll I'll do that. I'll do it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up as a picture. <laughs> the people watching on YouTube later are gonna be like, when does this stupid review start? Yeah, whenever. It starts whenever, man. I told you. We're we're gonna go off tangent. I just want to make it true. If it's on the internet, it's real. There it is. That's why anytime I make up a word, I say it on the internet. Therefore, it's, it becomes reality. So while he's looking for that, no, uh, I, got I got it. I got oh, well, it. Well, he found I'm gonna, it. I'm going to put it up. I'm going to share it. Okay. You do that. 100,000 subscribers. You can get us there, I don't know, within, I think, a month if, um, there it is. if you guys really try. That's the case. It is, a, it, is a, it is a box. It is square. It is pretty looking. It's got a whole lot of airflow. Uh, you see this, uh, this panel right here, it can be replaced with mesh. If you want, you can change the panels to either side. Since all the sides are the same dimension, you can change how the panels go. If you have a downward drafting, is uh, it windows 11 compatible? Cause my computer is not, <laughs> well, the, the, the B 55, the, the B 550 motherboard is windows 11 compatible. Yes. But, uh, if you have a downward draft cooler, you can put the mesh on top. If you have a side draft cooler, you can put the mesh on the side that that will uh that will get fresh air so yes it's extremely cool all right, all right. let's move, move, remove that let's, get that out of there. let's go back to all right let's talk about what we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> all right and you got the one thingy up good so um pretty much what we talked about last week where we talked about the races before that we talked about the classes now we're just going to complete the character and uh see what else we can add to the character what the game suggests we add to it and i'll start here with uh well hang on hang on before you start i want to say that persona and alignment is pretty much taken care of already this part is just telling you to write it down i don't know why they went to all this trouble to explain it if you followed the guidelines for making your character put into this book the book told you, or the book read that uh, when, but before you choose your race in your class, picture what your character wants to be, you, what you want your character to be, how you want to act, pick your race and class accordingly. If you've already done that, you already know your persona and you already know your alignment. This is just helping you write it down. That's it. So go, go ahead and... Uh, Okay. Well, let's talk about the non nine possible alignments because there are some descriptions here and how Castles and Crusades handles it. That is true. Uh, of course, you have the typical law and chaos uh, uh, axis and you have the good and evil axis. So it says lawful good characters. This alignment are dedicated to following the strictures of society, respecting law and order. 
that act for the benefit of others in society, placing great value on truth, honor, and life. It's um, it's pretty vague, but in but in a necessary way. Uh, I like the fact that it talks about strictures of society respecting law and order. I always get a little hung up on the law and order thing because some people are like, well, I have to follow every single law then. No, there's moral codes and, and so forth as well that go in the order. You you're, you're going to have a hierarchy of laws. If yeah, you're a paladin, your church comes first. <laughs> exactly. If you're if you're a paladin or a cleric, God, church, law. There you go. If a law goes against God or the church, F that law. That's yep. done. God or church comes first. Lawful neutral. This is the alignment I always like to be, but I never get. Or is it the other way? No. No, actually, I do get this. It's you get that gets chaotic evil. I thought I got. No, I always want to be chaotic good. I always get lawful neutral whenever I take any type of alignment test. Uh, characters' alignment plays primary importance on the ultimate order structure and regulation of behavior. See, I don't believe in that, but I do believe in decorum. And somehow that comes out and we, you know. <laughs> As lawful neutral for me. Yeah, this is absolute letter of the law. Doesn't matter who it hurts. Yeah. Doesn't matter who it helps. The mm -hmm. law is everything. I mean, this this is Judge Dredd. But I like that the words order and structure come before regulation. Now I'm parsing in a very very legalese sense here. Yeah. But uh, or regulation of behavior. Yes. This is old, this is your good the, your good order and discipline. Doesn't mean you follow the laws necessarily if the law doesn't apply good order and discipline. But you're going to lean towards the law. Uh, good and evil are largely irrelevant for characters of this alignment because everything flows well there from the order of laws. Never mind. Right. It says it right there. Yeah, so uh, yep. it doesn't matter if, if what's going to happen is good, what's going to happen is bad. If it's, if it's what the law says, what the law says. That's mm -hmm. it. So I take back what I said a moment ago. <laughs> uh, lawful evil characters of this alignment value structure and order, and they place no limit on attaining it especially if the goal is to their own benefit. They do not value life or concern of others. Ultimately, they seek to impose their ideals on others through strict regulation. But I read that as loophole manipulation. Yes. 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 You have to follow the law, but the law is vague in some areas and you, you can get ahead by, by going through the, the uh, cracks of the writer's intent. And I mean, it is pretty vague in, in, in some regard here but it has to be because and you know people get hung up on it you know, a lot of times people be like, this doesn't need to be in the book everybody understands what it is believe me have, have you seen the internet arguments over it? i mean we've had internet arguments on our show like two or three times with people who've come in and we've talked about it. it's like i don't think i don't read it that way i don't believe it's like okay you know everybody runs it a little differently uh neutral good characters of this alignment have a healthy respect for both law and freedom typically choosing a road betwixt i love that word betwixt mm -hmm. the two in order to achieve benefits and mercy for all uh, Betwixt is used all over the Hyperborea book, at least second edition. <laughs> I yes. don't know, and I love it. He also says treble instead of triple. <laughs> nice. So uh, uh, people, people of neutral good alignment, they will uh, they will follow the law until it infringes on someone's freedom <laughs> and or happiness, maybe or prosperity, and then they'll say no, no. Sometimes the law has to be broken. Yeah, the, the, because according to neutral good characters, the law should serve the people. If a law is not serving the people in a beneficial way, it's a bad law. Right. It's kind of well, I wouldn't say it's benevolent dictatorship. It isn't because that would no. be lawful good. But um, yeah, it's it's some yeah. Sometimes you have to either break or ignore a law in order for the greater good to come out. I mean, it's right. pretty simple. Um, 
Neutral. Characters of this broad alignment typically believe in a balance between law and chaos and between good and evil. Now, I'm not going to read more, but hold on. I know a lot of people who have heartburn with that first sentence. And I've seen a lot of people over-exaggerate neutrality, like, well, you can't pick between steak and pork because that's a decision. It's like, oh my God, shut up. Um, yeah, that, that's people taking things to the nth degree. It just means that, you know, all things in moderation. It means you can't have good without evil. Some... You know, if you're the heroic type, of course, if you're if you're a civilian, if you're the type that's just trying to survive and, and you know, you know, eke out a living at home, of course, you're going to want to be protected and you're going to see orcs as bad and, and so forth. But if you're in the if you're looking at the world from above, you take that Buddhist stance of it. All of a sudden you start to realize, well, you have to have the orcs to, to test you, so to speak. Um, you have to have the evil stuff in life so that you can rise above. And a, a lot of a lot of people who have that argument of making a decision is impossible for a new a true neutral character. That is that is not true. Uh, personal decisions don't matter. Decisions that affect only you are not, or even uh, your group, in, impeded by your alignment. Like pork or steak, that's only going to affect you. All right. I mean, the both these animals are already dead. Choosing one or the other is not going to save the life of the of the of the cow or the pig. They're both already dead. So eating one it has no societal impact. All right. Well, there's also the, that whole thing. Well, in the middle of the fight, I got to change sides because you know we started to win. No, like, no, 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 no. A, a, again, that that is more of a, a a personal and at that point very personal and situational type thing where your 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 true neutral alignment is not going to come into play. But even still, somebody who recognizes true neutral understands the whole pendulum swing concept. Whether it's modern politics with the right left, whether it's uh, if it's uh, what do you call uh, like Dragonland stuff, where high evil at one point, high good at the other point, it can be just as bad. Wherever it happens to be, it could be uh, it could be sports. You know, you're gonna have great years and then you're gonna have bad years. If you're from Minnesota, you have more of these. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but but the point is that pendulum swings, and you realize that. Yeah, wiping out the orcs, there's just going to be another evil that replaces it. And you you understand that. So you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, got to stop now. Got to stop. The war is over, even though they're still at the gates. But we've cut their, we cut their numbers in half. We got to let them go. It's like, no, 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 you could still take them out because they're a danger to you and your society. You just understand that by doing so, something is going to fill the vacuum. Or you might not even understand it. You just, you know, you live your life. You just move on to the next thing. Um that's the other thing is you don't have to contemplate. People think that being neutral means you're contemplating everything all the time. Neutral is probably the least contemplative, unless you're specifically Hang a druid. The last sentence in true neutral is very uh, telling. Go ahead. And okay. Read. Well, well, well let, let's get there. Um, some seek to maintain existing social institutions while they simply wish to keep to themselves. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Some neutral characters disdain the perceptions of other sentient beings finding the truth that lies in nature and its animals okay that's, that's the grumpy druid bullshit yeah yeah that's the really grumpy one all right yeah. others follow their own code which changes with the situation tending yeah. to favor th those that benefit them the most there you go benefit them the most that's that that's a little weird uh, reading reading the first part of this paragraph and then reading that last uh, part of the sentence after that comma tending to favor those that benefit them the most. Those, of course, uh, talking about others, you know, follow their own code, which changes the situation. So are, is it talking about your code will change depending on 
I, I see. I you, picture it as more of a survivalist mechanism. There you go. That that's that's exactly what I was thinking too. Like the whole you know switching sides in a fight. This part negates that idea because that that does not benefit you at all. You're losing friends. The the the, the people you switch sides to are never going to trust you because you're a traitor. That does not benefit you at all, even if you win the fight, because you're on the winning side now. Yeah, well, usually when I see people lose. do that, it's, it's about numbers. Like, oh, we can only have equal fights, seven and seven. Like, that's yeah, not see, how neutral again, works. That's weird. It <laughs> doesn't benefit you at all. You can always run away if, if, if you're on the side with the least amount of numbers, and then you still win because you didn't die. Right. Uh, there's a couple of chats here. So, yes, you're true neutral, Noro. You're true neutral. Um... Thought even the world have nothing to measure good with. Yep, and and I think most of the alignments understand. I think even evil align uh, outside crazy people. I think. And you muted yourself. Still can't hear you. Still can't hear you. All right. Uh, when when I read that, uh, that that uh, that chat, uh, it reminded me of Dragonlance. Whoa, damn, that got weird. That got weird real quick. All right, it re it reminded me of of Dragonlance when uh, the uh, King Priest of of Ishtar started making all of these uh, laws uh, outlawing evil. They would outlaw evil, and uh, they would have. Uh, uh, clerics do uh, detect alignment and detect lie spells and and it, it created all kinds of problems all of the gods got together and smote the damn planet because they were breaking the balance of law and chaos good and evil there's supposed to be a balance for the world to progress in a healthy fashion the king priest all of his laws and all of his decrees were holding the pendulum on one side and when finally he was made to let go by having a mountain dropped on him, it swung way the other way for hundred or 200 years before it started coming back. So there are repercussions to, to, uh, making, uh, making your world more lawful, more chaotic, more good, more evil than having the balance of both. Oh, the whole Taoist thing is pretty good. I'm agreeing with a lot of this, especially number three. Cheat when necessary. Because, you know, in school, if you cheat, you're only hurting yourself. In real life, if you cheat, you're just winning. You're just winning. As long as you're not caught, you win. There's no stigma on success. Get over it. And I'm not going to go through all the tenants' violence. I'm not doing that. <laughs> What curse did I put on Max's mic? Well, I, I switched my microphone curse over to him. That's what I did. And while he's gone, I'm gonna I might as well share. There, see my castles and crusades. There it is. So we will move on to chaotic good. Characters of this alignment view the greatest good as being attainable through freedom and individual liberty. Thus, they place primary importance on individuality and liberty of action over that of any law or societal structure. So, unlike, unlike a lawful good, 
where you believe that uh, the greatest good can come from following the law and making sure that the law serves the people, chaotic good is very libertarian. Uh, the laws really don't matter. Only the, the safety and happiness of the populace actually matters. If the people are happy, everything's cool. If the people are not, come hell or high water, you're breaking laws to make sure that the people get happy. The, the people have freedom of choice. The all, all of the people, you know, get food in their table and, and all the children have full bellies. That's the most important thing to a chaotic good character. Uh, Ahmed, I've been saying that since 1E, accompanied by Gary about on DF, should have never had nine descriptions yet. Fair enough. I believe it. Then we get to chaotic neutral, which is something that I would never allow a character to play because it's just nuts. Characters of this alignment value individual freedom. They have no qualms in achieving it by whatever means necessary, good or otherwise. In all of, of the campaigns I run, I make it a point in the beginning to say you are good people. You are heroes. Chaotic neutral character is not a hero. Can't be a hero. Not going to be a hero. Never going to be a hero. Because a chaotic neutral character only does basically what's best for them. They are, they are for themselves, only themselves. They're for other people only to protect their ability to also be for themselves, about themselves. That's it. So this is a great NPC, horrible PC, never happening. Okay, chaotic evil. Characters of this alignment tend not to value anything, disdaining others and often seeking to destroy for their own selfish reasons. They seek power and the ability to wield it as they see fit. All right. There is no law except for what I say and what I say goes. You don't like it. You either fall under my boot heel or you fall off a cliff. Fall off a cliff. And that's it. That's chaotic evil. They have no respect for others. They have no respect for law. They have, it says chaotic evil, but they don't have respect for the idea of chaos either. They only have the respect for the idea of them being in charge. It's very Dr. Horrible. If you've ever seen Dr. Horrible sing along blog, it's pretty funny. You should watch it. But yeah, I mean, uh, they are the end all be all of what is, what is correct in the universe. Going against them is completely alien in their brain. They, they can't fathom why anyone would disagree except that they want to be either uh, subjugated or killed. And that's it. Um, Tim from Trollor Games. Just wanted to say thank you for covering and reviewing the player's handbook. Well, Tim, you are very welcome. So far, I've had a lot of good things. Uh, Tim, while you're here, I have only one complaint about this game. Is that uh, you're moving away from Assassin, which is my favorite class. It's my favorite class. It has the most custom uh, customizability. It has uh, the most depth and dimension of all the other classes. I understand a lot of people find it hard to run a game with an assassin being an assassin, but you can be an assassin class and spec yourself out as a spy. You can be an assassin class and, and spec yourself out as a, uh, you know, as more of a, more of a thief spy, I guess. Or of course you can also be a, a thief assassin or a spy assassin. That's completely fine. But, I just love the assassin class. That that's pretty much it. That's why. 
Hey, I think you can hear me now. Yes, I can. I had to reboot twice. I don't know wow. What that was about. Yeah. And the second time, it looked like my motherboard was acting stupid. So this probably isn't a good sign. Yeah, we had Tim from Trollord Games stop by and thank us for covering the player's handbook. Awesome. Um, yeah. And and then then I told him he was wrong about Assassin Class and it should be featured more and stop being pushed away. <laughs> well. And of course, of course, Tim, eh, eh, there's a bus coming. Let's throw Steve under it. Which is exactly what happened. He's not a fan. We've had plenty of discussions about this. I, yeah, I know. I, oh, look, you're, you're green again. Yay. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I went on a live stream and, uh, and, and talked about the assassin class. I, I knew he didn't like it. And yeah, I knew that was a thing. I'm just sad that in the ninth printing, it'll probably be gone. Because now, th- now it's an optional it, class. From what I heard, I, I heard that people really like it. Like they, it's got to be in the game. Yeah, he just put it on the bottom because he didn't want to be the first thing seen. I don't know. Right. Maybe change the class name to Murder Hobo, and then you can put it back in an no, alphabetical no. order. <laughs> spy, saboteur. You can do that. You know, spy t- t- from assassin to spy. That's fine. M- make it a spy. Number one, it'll be close to the end <laughs> in alphabetical order, and number two. It won't be a class that people immediately think that I have to kill folk. And I'm getting a big audio warning again. Are you kidding me? Go I ahead. Can hear you fine. I know, but it means it's going to cut out. Go ahead. Continue to do the stream the, okay. the way we'd normally do it. I will be back as soon as things are working. Hopefully that's the stream. Sorry. That's okay. And Web Warrior says agent. Um. It's it's a fantasy game, so I don't think the the class title of agent is going to work thematically. But yeah, okay, I get it. Let's move on to choosing a deity. Now, again, like I said in the beginning of this book, if you follow the instructions, I'm not I'm not being mean to you. If you follow the book's suggestions, and you thought of how you how you want your character to act and what you want your character to do before you chose your race and class, then this is going to come pretty easily for you. Uh, It helps you to choose a deity or pantheon of deities whom the character calls upon. Again, if you know how you want your character to act, you will choose a pantheon accordingly. You will not choose a a pantheon that restricts you in uh, in armor that that you want to use or in weapons that you want to use or in actions that you want to do. You will choose one that complements the character you've already made to make it so very easy not to piss off your God because you do not want to piss off God. You do not need that hassle in your life because it your life's going to be short. Start doing stuff like that. Uh, a deity adds a depth to the character that cannot be captured in any other way. That's true. When Quintus uh, Marius Antonius draws his Gladius to give combat, he calls to his ancestors to welcome him into the Elysian fields where he may live in happiness free of care forever. A shout like this from a player before combat begins is likely to change everyone at the table and capture both the spirit of the character and the game. That is that is a good hook for other players. An excellent hook. Uh, you 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 give a, a rallying cry to your god for success or vengeance or whatever, and the other players at the table will have their characters act accordingly. And if you do a good one as a, as a castle keeper, I will probably give a morale bonus to your party or anyone following you. 
just just because of not only good good role playing, but because uh, you you had a good speech. And as we all know, who we, we saw we saw uh, we saw Mel Gibson's William Wallace monologue. A good speech can win the day. <laughs> murder hobo. No, we don't want assassin being a murder hobo. We don't need that. <laughs> Shadzar says, uh, God serve the setting, not the rules, and should only loosely be in any rule set other than classes and alignment bits. Okay, well, we'll see how deep this goes. If this goes into a rabbit hole, then we might have a might have a some trouble. And uh Midnight, Midnight Shadows with a Z says hello from Europe. I'm sorry. Uh, for, for those of you in Europe, uh, uh, you can enter the giveaway, but you won't be shipped any, any items. Sorry. It's this time's us only, but here's a good, here's a good paragraph right here. It starts with an excellent sentence. Choice of deity is not required unless you're a cleric or you, you get, you get powers from a God because of your class. You are not required to pray to any God. You are not required to be beholden to any deity whatsoever. You just don't have to. It's not required. Yet in a world of fantasy where deities are presumed to exist, it is often overlooked aspect of character creation. After all, what is a Norseman without Valhalla? Fine. Note that if you find yourself shouting before Valhalla for the or the Elysian Fields every morning before you plunge your spoon into your cereal, uh, then, you know, they're going to stop listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> not only will the gods stop listening to you, but the players will stop wanting to hear about that crap too. Uh, you should consult with your castle keeper when choosing your deities. Of course, because like, like I said, me as a castle keeper, I will make everyone be heroes. I'm not going to let you uh, pray to, you know, uh, a lich turned lesser God of, you know, raping. No, this is going to YouTube strike that didn't say that of uh of eating small colombian children which i do not condone by the way i'm not going to allow you to pray to that god ever get a new god please or or don't play cuz that's just weird man uh polytheistic societies tend to be open to their religious devotion that's true if there's many gods there's there's many points of view uh, clerics and druids draw their power from the deity, pantheon of deities, or whatever supernatural forces they have allegiance to. This is important. This is important. You can pledge your fealty to a pantheon, not a specific god, and still get spells. Now, you're probably going to have a favorite, and if there are uh, deific restrictions on, say, uh, armor, spell list, uh, weapons, whatever, you're going to have to choose a main god, but you are a member of the Pantheon. And so at any moment, you can call for a member of the Pantheon for assistance, and if, if the Castle Keeper allows it, maybe he'll allow that god to step in on your behalf. If you're doing something that god wants done, and your success helps, that, helps the god's goals, I don't see why not. So if you pray to a Pantheon, you still have the powers and restrictions of one of the gods that pantheon, but you have a broader base of possibilities at that point, which I, I like how they put in there. That's really good. And of course, if you're a druid and you pray to nature, nature can give you power as well. They're, they're just throwing that in there just so you don't have to pray 
your castle keeper doesn't have to create a god of nature or anything dumb like that. So I like that too. That that's that's really good. Uh, okay, what do we got up here? Uh, the cleric and druid must hold true to the common belief system of their deity and or pantheon. They must be the same alignment as their deity and possess the same worldview or of their pantheon. A cleric who pays homage to a goddess of wisdom should not approach problem solving with unreasoned violence. This is fair. Now, like I said earlier, if, if you are praying to a pantheon, you still have to pick a god, a main god. And so this will come into play. If you choose as a main god of wisdom, well, then you're not going to murder hobo, as Tim said, or or you're, you're not going to uh, answer all, all problems with a, a bash to the face, right? Might makes right is not your deal. Your main God or the God of your choice is a God of wisdom. You're going to try and emulate that to stay in the good graces of your God, or you're, you're going to see your spells fall away like, like raindrops, you know, you know, hitting, hitting uh, blades of grass. It's just going to fall away. Uh, by Crom, these flakes. <laughs> Saki, exactly right. Uh, I have a problem with that line. What if a violent race is a cleric of wisdom? The best defense is a strong offense. That's the thing. Uh, a violent race, uh, a, a, a race that is violent by nature is a monster race. There is no race that is violent by nature that is a playable race in this game. A half-orc has choices because of the half-human element in it. An orc is not a playable character race. They, they cannot pray to a god of wisdom or peace. They can't. They will never have their prayers answered, ever, because of their biological uh, need for violence and domination and, and strength and right and might makes right type thing. <laughs> Spells fall away like Max's mic. That's true. Disappear like tears in the rain. Oh, Matt. Did I just flash again? Uh, as soon as I, I popped I, in here, it looked like I as flashed As soon as you again. popped in, I just saw you pop in. I didn't see a flash, but I could have missed it because it happened right after maybe. I don't know. All right. Uh, clerics and druids uh, require holy symbols or icons representing their deities or their supernatural powers. These symbols and icons serve as a conduit between the deity and the character. For clerics, they vary in size, shape, and form and can be worn as necklaces, pendants, bracelets, rings, blah, blah, blah. Rods, staffs, and wands, scepters, even weapons can serve as holy symbols. Uh, a, a cleric staff with, the, with, their, with their god's holy symbol on the top could be required. You know, that could serve as their holy symbol. Same thing for a pendant or a ring, whatever. And for, for casting some spells, it says it requires holy symbol for a connection to your deity. That could be psychological, that, that could be that, that could be physically required to channel the holy holy power through you. Doesn't matter. What what are you what are you reading right now? Uh this right here. No, no, but I mean what what section is this? This is uh, choosing a deity. Okay, this is still completing a character. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's still, I got, what? I didn't jump away. I was I was actually reading more than I normally would have until you got your <laughs> stuff done up. So uh, okay. Oh, uh, I am. The, okay. The uh, shape. Oh, he's did again. Okay. The shape and design of the symbol should be limited only by the type of deity style of game and the imagination of the player character. True. 
if if you pray to to a, a god of swords, guess what? Your your holy item could be a sword, or it could be a pendant of a sword, or some other weapon of some other type. Same same is true for a for a, a god of beggars. Your your holy item is going to be a a, a wooden bowl. You know, normally holding gruel. All of that stuff. Uh, when when you when you choose your god, you and your castle keeper will come up with the idea of what your specific holy item can be and what it will be. You will choose what it will be, but your castle keeper will give you options on what it can be. Or a wooden sword. Yeah, a beggar would have a wooden sword. You know, of course, I usually call that a stick, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move on to names. Uh, much like characters' parents, names should reflect the characteristics. Now, I'm not going to go through all this. They have a lot here, like three paragraphs on a name. I don't get it. I have one rule. The name should reflect the region you are born. And I don't like pun names. Well, okay. He doesn't like pun names. I don't really care as 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 long as it's not like like uh, you're 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 born. In, uh, in in a in a setting that is based on uh, uh, Norwegian, uh, you know, descent and gods and all this stuff like that, your 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 name is not going to be uh, some some Latin derivative. All right, it's it's not going to be Laquisha or something like that, or Muhammad. It's not going to be that. It's going to be something Norwegian. Look, Google yeah. it. And and you know vi vice versa if you know you're playing in a yeah yeah if if you're playing in a in a in an Al Qadim type game your character's name is not going to be Kevin or Hans or Jürgen Fergen Schürgen Bergen Bival no wow. it's not so that's really all I have to say about that and now we are at equipment. Uh, perhaps one of the most enjoyable aspects of a character creation is purchasing equipment before beginning play. This step is often is often overlooked in terms of its ability to personalize the character. That is true. All the things you've gone up to up to this point is going to determine what items you're going to buy. All right. If if your God only allows you certain weapons or certain armor, that's going to affect what you're going to buy during character creation. If your god only allows you to go into battle with a lance and full plate armor, well, you better save up, get some lance and full plate armor, you're not fighting. Or if your god only, only allows you to wear no armor, then guess what? You're not buying armor. You're spending your money elsewhere. Uh, other consideration is the culture. Obviously, we I talked about that same thing with name. All right. You, you, you as a, uh, uh, let's say... Uh, an, an East Asian campaign. You are not going to have full plate armor available to you. You are not going to have a halberd available to you. These are all European constructs. They are not going to be available for purchase or even no one's even going to know what they are if you ask them in an, in an Eastern Asian campaign. It's not going to happen. So that there, there are limitations. All Pretty much all this thing is saying is there are limitations on culture and setting for what you can buy and then you as the player have limited yourself even more with your character concept and your choice of deity all of that is a funnel to what you can actually purchase and use 
So all of that through all of those lenses is how you look at, at uh, buying equipment for your character. And of course you have starting gold fighters and Rangers get this clerics and druids get that knights and paladins get the most, which I get because they usually have the greatest armor. have to buy a horse, all that stuff. That's fine. That is fine. Then we have all the different kinds of helmets, shields, uh, armors, weapons, uh, lots of different weapons here. I don't even know what a Beck de, de Corbin is. I Beck de Corbin? That... It's a polearm. It's a polearm. Okay. Well, if, if your god only allows you to have shivs, then you don't get that. Sorry. Club, crowbill, dagger, uh, heavy flail. It's very ugly. A spiked gauntlet. That's funny. A glaive. Not the not the crawl glaive, an actual glaive. <laughs> so don't be like, I can throw it. I'm I'm like Xena only cooler. Like, no, sorry. I'm Xena with spikes. No, you're not. Shut up. Uh hatchet, a guitar. Nice. Uh man catcher. Again, uh, that is a that is an Asian thing. Both the East and West Asian, I believe. Most uh, I've only seen it in East Asian culture, but I'm told that it also, it also in, in, uh, in Western Asian and a couple of European people called a man, man catcher. Now, man, man catcher is basically a pole arm with a, a half circle at the end and uh, either a hook on either side or spikes along that center. So you go ahead and hook someone and catch them and just kind of, so they can't uh, attack you back and you have them basically held. So if you don't want to kill someone, have that sap. You know, we're not going to go through all this, but they, they have they have enough weapons here, which I really like. They have enough weapons to encompass to encompass many cultures, many settings, many backgrounds. And of course, many choices of, of deity, which you uh, which uh, you as a player would choose. So you are not going to be without weapon or armor. Transport. OK, cart. I like carts. They're nice. And general equipment. General equipment, you know, lamps, torches, uh, rations, blankets, bottles, wineskins, potions. Great. Pot. That's important. A pot. Don't. Nope. If you think you may not have enough food to get to A to B, and it's like, oh, we'll just hunt. You better get a pot to make that deer stew or whatnot. Or else you'll be you'll be eating... Uh, uh, charcoal grilled deer laid on the wood. I don't recommend that. Uh, provisions and lodging. Okay. Clothing. Now all of this has weight. We haven't gotten to encumbrance yet, but it's, it's good to note. All of this stuff has weight. Oh, look, it's like, I'm a prophet encumbrance. All right. Before we get to that, let's see, uh, Let's see what we what we got here for chat. Uh, All right, I'm not fixing it. Now? I'm not going to fix it anymore if it if it goes okay. out again. It's ridiculous. It's causing more problems than anyway. Knights knights use their sword to represent a cross. That can be true, especially for a paladin. If he wants to call upon the powers of God, he just turns his sword upside down, grabs the, the top of it with his gauntleted hand, and boom, it's a cross. 
that isn't that is entirely doable. The the castle keeper would have to agree. That can serve as a as a holy symbol as well. But yes, I would. I'd be fine with that. That'd be great. The, the I would say that the sword also has to have some sort of marking or be special. To yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Uh, it has to be has to be a special personal sword. You know, like given to you by the church, or you made mm -hmm. it for that specific purpose, paid more money to have it fashioned. Even, even if it just has purpose. a certain in, uh, engraving in it, like you know, yeah. it has it has a Bible verse or something that you like. Yeah, I mean, just... yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh, yeah, sorry, the... sorry, I missed the gentleman from Trollord Games. I actually wanted to ask if he was the one that commented said he's going to make a reaction video to me. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, so far, oh, the Romans used man catchers too. Thank you. Like I said, you know, uh, well, it's, it's an uh, old, I mean, it's an well, old device yeah. to be honest with you. They used it for slave catching back in, yeah. in long before even the Romans. So yeah, they, they use it a lot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What I like about the man catcher though, is it's, it's a uh, non-lethal, but very effective and you don't see a lot of people using them. That's true. But the thing is, uh, when you catch someone in a man catcher, you are committed to catching that man. Yeah. You, oh yeah. If you, you have defend to yourself, them, though. <laughs> yeah. If, if you defend yourself against another attacker, the first guy gets, gets probably gets let go. So one-on-one -on -one, you win. Two yeah, on but one. The, but the first guy isn't releasing himself from the man catcher at like, you know, in one action, let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's going to be running around like, you know, like a cat with a leash, you know, trying to get her, get away. Yeah, it has limitations is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> holds up sword power of christ compels you hey that's fine <laughs> does it heathen dog get it heathen dog i'm not praying i don't have a god <laughs> so if i were to say the power of christ compels you it would never work <laughs> that was a good one that was funny all you have to have is conviction and faith oh yeah it won't work no you don't you choose a god I've always wanted to play a character that carried a backpack twice his side full of crap, almost like the trash goblin from Labyrinth. I did have a character who carried stuff twice his size. I cast a permanent levitation spell on it. You're so still, I was able to you're move You're still going to be encumbered, if not by the weight, just by the bulk. You know, it's like when you lift something, it's like, it's not the weight that gets me, it's how bulky it is. Yeah. Or, yeah. Sorry, I'm watching my computer stats at the same time to see That's if there's fine. anything weird going on. All right, and we can move on to the encumbrance. Uh, encumbrance is an indication of how much a character is carrying. The rules are used to help determine the amount of equipment, material, and treasure a character can reasonably carry without suffering movement, attribute check, or combat penalties. The following guidelines include several facets in determining how much a character can carry. So uh, we go to the chart. Unburdened is up to one times E-R. Now, I I remember we talked about this in 7th printing. I yeah. don't remember how the E-R formula uh, works out, though. Again. It's right here. The, the encumbrance rating is the total amount of encumbrance values the character can carry before being burdened, and it is determined by equal to their strength score. So your E-R is your strength score. So if you have a strength of 10... So I get the strength you, score of the entire party? Uh, unless every... Well, if, if everyone's playing said, light as a feather there. game, if everyone's playing the light as a feather game, then yeah, <laughs> sure. But uh, so if you have a strength of 10, you can carry up to 10 pounds with being unencumbered. Seems weird to me. Let, let me read that again. Well, no, it, it's not pounds. It's ER rating. 
Yeah, hang on. Their strength score. This is that. Oh, then modified by the character's prime attributes. If the character has either the strength or con attribute as prime, they may add three to their strength score to determine their encumbrance rating. Okay. If the character has both of them as prime, they may add six. Okay. So if you were human, you have what? Uh, three primes and one from your class. So you could easily, even a strength of 10, have a, have an ER of 16. If you, you can be burdened is is a 1.1. I'm going to say 1.1 because up to one includes one. So you can't have one in the next thing. That's a that's a, a mistake in this thing. Stop it. It should have a greater than one sign here. Two, three times your encumbrance rating is burdened. Overburden is more. See, more than. See, more than one times is fine. Three so times. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I stopped listening when I heard they in the singular. What's going on? All right. I literally see, tuned it out. Unburdened says up to one times your encumbrance rating. Uh -huh. Burden is one times your encumbrance rating to three. That's yeah. incorrect. No, it's not. Because you have one in both categories. No, un unburdened would mean 0 0.0 or 0.9999 to the infinite. That that would be up, 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 up to, to, up one, to one. Right. Includes one. No, it does not. It would say up to and including one. But I will I will agree with you on the consistency side of it. Where over says more than three yeah. here, it should say more than one here. But it's not more than one. It starts at one. That that is not how I read it. Okay, that's that's what it means, though. No, okay, that's not that's not happening. All right. Um, don't, don't do any jet mechanics then, because uh, when it says you know turn up to a quarter time and you turn it a full quarter and a half, like you're breaking stuff. Quarter and a half is more oh. than a quarter. All right, example, the ancient and wizened priest of Thoth, Memnon, has a strength score of seven and a con as one of his primes, so his ER is 10. Due to his strength score of seven, modify plus three, blah, blah, blah. On a trip to an ancient burial ground to lay a soul properly to rest, Memnon expects trouble, so he's carrying a lot of material with him. His equipment's encumbrance value up to 17. Memnon's categories for encumbrance are unburdened zero to 10. Uh-oh, that just made me correct. What's that? So one is his included? ER is 10. And his unburdened score is zero to 10. Oh, so it's up to and including. Yes. Then it shouldn't say up to at all. It should. It it really this is wrong. This is wrong. This is it all should say it should it should definitely say what uh more than more well, than not one. less than it should say one or less. Yes. Yeah, there you go. But I don't. So to me, that's too much finagling. Anyway, I do agree with the accuracy side of it. But uh, you know, as a game master, that's not going to bother me. That that hangup isn't going to bother me because I'll just say if it's less than one, it's this. If it's one, you know, it's one to three, it's that, and just move on. Or if somebody points this out here, but it says the example here, say fine. Then it's one or less is that. If it's one point zero one up to three, then fine. Yeah. It's that. You know, that is that is fine. That is fine. But as but, a player, when when I'm packing my bag to go on an adventure, this if becomes that one, important. If that one ounce is what to messes you up. what separates uh, burdened from unburdened, it's important in combat, as we, as we will find out. Burdened 11 to 30 and overburdened 31 plus. With an EV total of 17, Memnon is lightly encumbered and suffers the penalties for that category. What are the penalties? for being emburdened encumbrance category oh. unemburdened no effect burdened minus 10 foot to the character's move score 
So you've gone from a normal human average of 30 to 20 and plus two to challenge level for all dexterity-based checks. That That is no joke. That is no joke, especially the movement. If you want to run away, you're going to have a little trouble running away. No, no, <laughs> but, I, okay. I, I'm not disagreeing. I actually think it should be written more uh should be written more, better more i'm just precisely. saying yeah I, but I, but i'm not i'm not hung up on that in terms of saying oh my god the book is horrible because of that um but i i would say yes if i were writing it it would be written more it, concise it more it, ha- it would have more clarity yeah but that's my job is to write technical manual, so. yes, <laughs> a tech manual for clarity and that's what this is but this itself until you read the example is unclear but, well, I mean, they, we we, hey, we, we disagreed, and I was wrong. And I'll tell you that when we write stuff like this, scroll up just a touch. When we write stuff, uh, if it looks like this, uh, where it says unburdened, our rule would be then do not match one. Go right under one. If you touch one, you're in danger zone. And then the next level being one to three, whatever, and then more than three. That's okay, how we so would read it. Would it. Be it up to less than one. Well, it'd be up to one, or if you if one is okay, it'd be up to an including one. Yeah, but apparently in this one, one is okay. Yeah, th- then oh. in that then in that case, it should say either up to and including one, or it should say one or less, and then right here should say more than one to three. See, and, the, the, and, and that's okay. to match that's to match this third one, which also says more than three. All right, I see. I I, I read it differently. Uh, when 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 I when I see up to one, mm-hmm. in my mind, it includes because if if you move the bar to one, it's actually at one. Sure, up to one is including the digit one so that that's how i read it and that and that's that's great but they shouldn't have another one here it should be greater oops shit should be greater than but it should okay. it should it should match the third line exactly all right uh da-da-da. okay weight <laughs> weight modifier and weight note okay we're gonna get to that uh ad hoc encumbrance 80 percent of people will probably ignore you're probably right uh, encumbrance is a function of the size, weight, and bulk of an object. Uh, Max actually said earlier that part of encumbrance is the size, not just the weight. Mm-hmm. Something can be awkward to carry around, not because it's heavy, but because it's big. Which is why, which I, and I remember we talked about this in seventh printing, and I really like the encumbrance system conceptually. I can't remember what I thought in the end, but I know conceptually I like the encumbrance system of this game because it took that into account. Uh, but it might come up during the game session that the castle keeper must quickly determine the, the EV of an object that isn't listed on the equipment list. To do so, a relatively quick system has been developed. Okay. Determine the EV or the encumbrance value for an item not on the equipment list. Get a general idea of the dimensions of the object in feet and use the largest of the dimensions as the base. For example, a statue is five foot by one foot by two. It would have an encumbrance value of five. After determining the base EV, add plus two modifier to that number for every dimension that is greater than one. So a five to one would add a two for the two, giving it a base, final base of EV of seven. This seems like a lot. Uh, what's the, I, I personally, it's nice that it's specific, but also personally, I would just go with the biggest dimension just for simplicity of use. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see. 
I think to me, I like the way this is done. I think to rule it for something quick in the game, I agree with you. I think I would do it the same way. Yeah. But but Wait. when somebody's packing a wagon or when somebody's getting really weird about, okay, I want to carry two statues and put them over there and we got to do it within 10 seconds, you know, then it's like, well, hold on here. How's that going to work for your encumbrance? Then then I like being a little bit more specific. Otherwise, somebody would be like, it's only five feet long. I don't care that it's 14 feet wide. I mean, I know you just say use the biggest number. Be, but you, 14, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I, I don't okay. think and it's then, hard. Let's put it this way. I don't think it's hard. I mean, the seven I mean, was easy to come up hard. with. It's not hard, but it could have been easier. I think that, that the, that the extra mechanic added to that is unnecessary. It's, it's easier than, uh, than coin counting. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I just think it, the extra mechanics unnecessary. I, I don't, I don't disagree with it. I just think it's unnecessary. And then you have modifiers to your, to your, uh, encumbrance value, depending on if it's very light, light, heavy, or very heavy. So if that five by five by five block of cardboard would be considered very light, it's no longer five encumbrance value. It's three encumbrance value. And that three encumbrance value is just saying that this thing is big yep. and hard to maneuver. Cumbersome. Yep. Yeah. It's just hard, hard to maneuver around. Therefore it creates some form of encumbrance, not attached directly to its weight. I like that. And if the thing is balanced or not like, uh, you know, you're carrying a, a, the, that, that five by 14 by one thing, maybe it's not, balanced very well so it's heavier on one end than the other and you're going to get you know if it is balanced you're getting the minus one to its ev if it's unbalanced you don't if it's bulky just big and stupid you get times two to your ev that's that's awesome narrow one half the ev you know you're like sure a pole arm is very long you're, you're gonna have a you know like like carrying a lance very long but it is made to be held for a long time. But it is made to be held for a long time. It is balanced correctly and it's narrow. So you get the balance minus one to the EV and then half the EV on top of that. Now, for me, I'm I'm the, the multiplier comes after the plus and minus. So you would minus the EV first and then uh, and then apply a multiplier. That's that's math. Uh, Warren, wait, 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 wait. isn't that back? Isn't that backward math? I thought you add, you multiply and divide, uh, or you added and subtracted. Well, no, in, inside inside parentheticals do go first, right? But I thought you added subtract before you multiply uh, and divide. I I can't I can barely see what's on the screen. I'm too scared to put oh, anything sorry, else wait. on my computer right if now. If I can so make I can... it a little bigger. No, no, no. It's not. It's not you. I I'm just being oh. very cautious with my computer right now. So. Uh, oh, that's uh, too big. Nope. Back it up. Back there. We go. All right. That's, that's as big as I can make it in Adobe. Okay, worn in capacity objects. <laughs> yes. no, the, yeah, know you know what? I don't. That. I don't care. I don't we, care. I'm, I'm 45 know. years old. I don't. I don't need to care about that. Uh, I I will look it up again once it becomes uh, prudent with my son when when he gets into a grade where that matters, which will probably be next grade. So then, <laughs> then I'll learn You're it doing, again. Then all of a sudden you're doing calculus. Yeah. Exactly. Then I'll learn it again. All right. Warning capacity objects. Items that are designed to carry and redistribute the weight and bulk of other items are called capacity items. Capacity items can carry a number of items equal to their capacity. So what is this? Like a horse and cart, the cart part, or a wagon, or a, or even even a even a, a a hiking backpack. You know, it is it has pockets distributed correctly to to distribute weight. Uh, furthermore, a capacity item cannot carry any item whose EV is equal to or greater than its capacity rating. Of course, it won't fit. 
it won't fit. If you have a cart that's five by five by five and you want to put in something that's five by two by 25, it's going to fall out. It's going to fall out. It's not going to fit. Sorry, well, dude. Well, you can rest it on top and hope to tie it you, down. Yeah, you can hope and pray, but sorry, dude. The first bump you hit, you lost it. Uh, so a backpack with a capacity of eight can carry up to eight items whose EVs are eight or are seven or less. See, can carry up to eight items uh, with a capacity of eight. You don't have the capacity of eight. It's actually... It's just the way they write it. I, yeah, I'm saying I again, wouldn't. I wouldn't again. That's that's. Yeah. I, I just wish there was there was more clarity in this. Uh, yeah. Items that are carried in a capacity item do not have their EV included in the character's encumbrance total. Instead, the character only notes the EV of the capacity item. So the character wearing an EV2 backpack has a bedroll EV3 hammer EV2 50 nails EV1 and one torch EV1 has five items in the backpack and thus has space for three more items. The character's encumbrance rating is only increased by two when they carry the backpack, ignoring the EVs of the items inside. The reason being is because the backpack with the straps and the way it's set up distributes the weight across your body. So it lessens your encumbrance. You can still move. You can still move better. You can jump better. You can swing better. And in because, case for whatever reason you don't think that makes sense because you only have your mind locked on weight, I want you to put everything that you can put in a backpack on the floor. Well, first of all, put it in the backpack, pack your backpack, walk around the house with it, then take everything out. Don't use the backpack and try to carry uh, walk around the house with that stuff. You'll see that this makes sense. Yes. And just actually, it's even easier. Fill your backpack with crap and carry it with your hands around the house and then put it on your back and walk around the house. See how much easier it is then. Now, I like this as, as, a, as a defining mechanic because it makes sense and it's real world stuff and I like it. But, but again, I don't like the fact that it's adding extra complication. I don't think encumbrance requires this much extra complication. What would you prefer? That's just my opinion, though. I am, I am not saying just it's wait. wrong because it's definitely not wrong. I'm See, just th saying. Here's, here's I, so here, it I like it, but. but I, I think I generally agree with you, but I've been playing too many rules light games recently. Um, or reading them. Um, I, I don't like a just strict weight system, though. That's one of the things I'm looking at going through the Palladium stuff and actually referring back to some of the old D&D stuff. A strict weight system? Then people don't care. I mean, yes, the Game Master can make rulings. I get all that. But people just start worrying about how many coins something will cost or exactly what the weight is. Like, oh, it says I can I can lift uh, 500 pounds. Then I should easily be able to lift up this uh, this uh, uh, full metal garbage can. It's like, no, it, that's not how that works. You can bench press a bar with some weights on it, five, you know, 500 pounds, or you, or you can deadlift it, whatever the game happens to be. But no, you're not going outside and you're not just randomly grabbing everything that weighs 500 pounds because you know a, a piece of sheet metal that's 500 pounds how are you going to get your arm under it it's too wide and you know so uh, so something like this does make sense ultimately though it's a game yeah exactly you you, you can have it as as a castle keeper uh if you don't want to use the the backpack mechanic that this gives then make sure you say so at the beginning of the campaign that's all you got to do Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. But, uh, backpacks, especially ones with, uh, with the, with the straps for the waist as well, really, really, uh, really do, uh, distribute the weight properly and, and help you carry your heavier things with less encumbrance. I agree. 
I just I just think it's it's too much for a game. You don't need it. It's unnecessary. But I understand why it's there. That's fine. Max, can you uh, can you go ahead and uh, share your screen? This is uh, PDF. PDF. I, page I don't even. I don't have it up, but I will try. Yeah, go ahead and bring Please. it up because I just heard my son calling me. Okay. So go I ahead and go stop, stop and sharing, and I will. Uh, I will get it up. All right. Oop, I will be I... back in just. I'll be back in just a second. Watch everything go crazy again. Oh, let me get the link. I have to do this two different ways because. Um, I don't know if the issue is with my browser or if it was with something else. Actually, screw it. No, I'm not. I'm just going to do this. Segment links, castles and crusades. I'm sure he told me what page he was on. I didn't listen. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's, uh, nope, it's definitely not that part. Oh, where were we? I know we were talking about it. It had to be somewhere after, oh, did you say 98? No, that can't be right. Waiting for my computer to catch up here. Okay, he talked about that, talked about that. He talked about, oh. nope, talk about that. Oh, we're right at the end. Oh, okay, this is the last page. Uh, what the? God, <laughs> bear with me. Everything's going wrong today. I love these days. How will you work? Work for me. Work. Oh, now you'll work. Thank you. All right. I already forgot what age that was. Something like that. Scroll. There you go. All right, and I shall zoom in. Boom. Okay, so uh, he was talking about the EVs. He was giving the example. Expert, let's go move on over. Oh, you know what? I can do this over here. Put that right there. Ah, this is what happens when you have computer problems. Everything gets disjointed. Sorry. All right, expert weapons and armor. Skilled blacksmiths are able to create exceptional weapons and armor. These items are rare and expensive. Crafting them is time-consuming, requiring a master, master blacksmith who usually must employ a number of journeyman smiths. See, now that's good. That's good. I like that. Uh, and use finely tempered metals. A lot of people think that blacksmithing, because they watch Forged and Fire, and they think blacksmithing is done in a, in a, in a vacuum by one person. Mm, it can be, but uh, usually no. Not, not as a business. All right, I'm back. So, uh, weapons, expert weapons include a variety of well-crafted, Okay, these items gain plus one to hit or a plus one to damage bonus. Or, or, right there, or. They're not magical. No. They're just well-made. Yes. That's an important distinction. And they cost 10 times more than a regular weapon. Yeah, another yeah. important distinction. In some rare in instances, they are so well-crafted and, and they cost 25 times more. So if These you are called, want that, you're going to pay for it. And they're called greater expert weapons. So you can, you can buy these uh, things. So And you can do the math for money there. Oh, wait. Uh, 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 Castle Keeper's note. You can limit oh. their, their ability to get expert weapons and greater expert weapons by the size of the town that they're in. If they're in a village, no expert weapons there. Sorry, buddy. If you're in a town, 
you're going to get an expert weapon. If you're in a major city, you could probably buy a greater expert weapon. Or you could maybe get a greater expert weapon, but you're waiting for it. I mean, the yeah. blacksmith there may be good enough, but you're going to be behind all the horseshoes and plows and everything else that he needs to make, you know, so they can survive. Well, no, you're paying 25 times the price. I think you jump the queue. Not, not over survival. Not at all. Well, no, if, if you're in a major city. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking that you could, you could get oh, it done yeah, yeah, in, a, yeah. in a small town or something. In, but in, in, a, in a small town, if you want expert weapon, you may have to yeah. wait. But if you're in a major city and, and you right. go yeah. to a master craftsman and you pay 25 times, you're jumping the queue or else I'm taking my business elsewhere. And he'll be like, that's great. I got to feed my family. <laughs> and, yeah. you, you could feed your family with a with thousand gold pieces I'm giving you. Ass. If I move right here, we're, we're, we're actually uh hey, you know it. what it, it's a that's a business decision npc <laughs> you don't want my money i'll get to someone else bitch that's it if only people work like that in the middle ages um so uh anyway get armor also which is a plus one bonus to the ac and costs 10 times the normal amount just for one Expert point of armor, armor. yes you might you might Expert just point. might just want to get this just upgrade to from brigandine to chain mail at that no, no, point but the next one is important in some instances, armor is so well-crafted, it can absorb one point of damage from a single blow. These are the greater expert armors, and they're 25 times just like the greater expert weapons. And that one, to me, is valuable. Yes. Every blow minus one damage, I like it. Is it a minimum of one, though? That that would be the next question to ask. Uh, it says, in some instances, armor it can absorb one point of damage from a single blow. It's that the, To me, that reads one point of damage from each individual source. No, no, I, I get that, but I mean, could it be that uh, the game still says with a minimum of one point of damage? Because a, a lot of games do that. It, it doesn't say that well, here. It doesn't, doesn't say it there, but now we're going, well, we have a combat section go through. What the hell? Did I write down the wrong page number? Okay, well, Castle Keeper in the game. I think that's uh challenge page. I think I wrote down the wrong page number. Oh, hot damn. Oh, no, I didn't. I just read the wrong page number. Gotta love that. Okay, 199. Right after the match. Oh, 201 for the PDF, 199 okay. for the book. All right. Okay, Castle Keeper in the game. Now, this section is pretty short. It is only, according to this, like uh, 100 and some page. No, it's... Uh, I keep looking. See, I keep looking at the wrong thing. It's like 14 pages. We don't have to read the whole thing. It, but uh, I want to show this off here because we're not going to go through the Castle Keeper guide. So we'll just talk real quickly here about uh, some things that it mentions here in the player's handbook. So you know that while this is Castle Keeper information, you want this is Castle Keeper information that the Castle Keeper should give to the player. Yeah, and and that the game wants the players to have. Right. So style and mood of play. There are many styles. So this is kind of a session zero thing. You could play a more tactical game. You may have a more role-playing game. You may have a more puzzle game. You may combine all of the above. But uh first the, day of first day of gaming, as a castle keeper, you communicate this to the players. Right. And uh, and it kind of goes through that with theatrical games often require you to make uh, a host of simple decisions. And then over here, tactical games, unlike theatrical games, turn away from extensive role-playing and orient themselves on action. Now, you can combine the two, of course, but it goes in real quickly here. I like, actually, that this is in this section. I don't know if that's necessarily a Castle Keeper, castle keeper information, which is maybe why it's here. I think that players need to understand this as well, that, you know, it might not be 
to your liking at the table. If you're just playing Pathfinder all the time and somebody says it's going to be theatrical, eh, might not be okay with that. On the flip side, if you've been playing Vampire for 15 years and now all of a sudden you're jumping into this game, you might you might not want the tactical game. You might want the theatrical right. game. So, uh, maintaining pace, pace follows mood in importance. To keep players enthralled with the game, it is necessary to maintain a steady overall pace. A healthy mixture of role-playing, problem-solving, and combat is a tried-and-true method. I agree with that 100%. Yep, I'm all about that. Mixing these in just the right manner, which you never get perfect, but you can hit the 80% solution, uh, can be difficult, but once you perfect it, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as perfecting it, but I get what he's saying here. Uh, But once you've perfected the method for you and your players, the game becomes dramatically better. Absolutely agree. Because it doesn't get stale. Yep. It's like, oh, look, we're going to have our typical, uh, we show up at the table, we bullshit about the real world for a little bit, and then, uh, and then we buy some stuff in town, and then we go chop some stuff up again. Yay. Right. You know, but, but, uh, basically, what this thing is saying is, if you get this mixture right, this mixture of problem solving, combat, role playing, if you get it right, what you will see at your table is that when it's time to go, everyone will go, crap, it's that time already? Right. And then you know you're a winner. I was like, can we just play a little longer? I have to work in the morning. Um, events that do not include the whole party can be particularly difficult to manage. No riggers, no deckers. <laughs> <laughs> no riggers, no deckers. There you go. Well, the rigger doesn't have to be away because the rigger, rigger follows first, you with the drone. First edition, no drones. Oh, <laughs> an, encou- an encounter between a paladin and a secular lord may be interesting for the player of the paladin and the castle keeper but if it goes on for several hours the remaining players will no doubt retire to the nearest tv yes so mm-hmm. these are just good suggestions but i'm i'm glad they're in the player's book and not hidden in the uh, castle keeper guide not right, like player, right. players wouldn't buy it anyway so that you as a player can start to recognize some of this as well right and i like that example mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't say like uh like like the lord calling calling the paladin for an audience is bad where only the Lord is talking to the paladin, but having it go on for several hours is bad. Right. Yes. It's, sometimes it, it can short, be sweet to the point. And then usually at the end of it, the, the Lord has given the paladin a mission or the knight a mission. And then that involves the entire party. Get, just get to it. And you're good. You linger. It, it turns into a snooze fest for everyone else. I mean, I've I've been part of some where I was the center of attention and where it was not the center of attention, where actually it was really interesting to see what was going on because I knew it affected the characters, but I could understand why some of the other players at the table were like, you know, I'd like to play sometime today too. It just really depends on your play style. I definitely would not do that every session. No. And after, you know, a lengthy uh, a lengthy time frame of not playing, you better give me mine. <laughs> uh don't allow characters a long time to decide what they're going to do. Give them five to six seconds to decide. I don't time it necessarily like that. Uh, yeah, but, but I'd probably go a little longer. But actually, no. no uh, I, I'm I, I'm I'm a lot li- I'm a lot like you in this instance. If they were paying attention and and they're having problem deciding what to do, I'll give them more time. If they were dumbasses on their phone or a tablet and not paying attention, no, I'm not giving you more time. Mm-hmm. You skipped. If if the player's confused about the situation, I didn't describe it well enough, or the player isn't taking some initiative to just go go along with what's there, then, then I'll give yeah, I'll give a I'll give a little yep. bit more time. Yes. But if you're like, ah, oh, I could use this ability, I could use that ability, then I just call it combat paralysis and say, uh, you're doing nothing this round. Uh because at some you 
part of the player's responsibilities to keep the game going as well. And for the love of God, don't sit there and go like, oh, hold on, I need to look this up and see what it does. No. <laughs> you should have done that before you came to the table. It is your responsibility to know your t- your character. And anybody out there, I've actually watched some videos where it's like, no, the game master is supposed to know everything and, and help the players along. No, the no. player has has... Now, a brand new player gets a bit of hand-holding by the other players at the table. But you're, you are responsible once you've played a couple of sessions, once you kind of understand what you're doing with the game, you are responsible for your character. And the yeah, flip and side of that is also don't bullshit me. Right, and that, that is another reason for slow leveling. Slow leveling yes. allows the player to, to fully grasp and understand the character's new abilities that they just got. If you fast level, they may not have enough time to fully understand all of the applications of their character's new abilities before they get more. So if you fast level and this happens, half of it's on the game master, or in this case, the castle keeper. Half that problem is yours. Half that problem is the other guys. So this is actually part of a part. This is the second part of something, but I but I actually just like it on a standalone. The Steiner Scout Lance. Um, but this is what he was actually saying too. <laughs> If you haven't figured out how to drive your, you know what? There is a there was one movie where a rigger would have been awesome, and that's Aliens, because they actually drove their truck into the structure to get people out and drive it back. If Ripley was a rigger, they wouldn't have screwed up the axle and they wouldn't have broken their ride. <laughs> then yes, a rigger in that instance would be awesome. But in ninety nine percent of the time you are not going to be able to take your personal conveyance inside the dungeon. <laughs> All right. Uh, killing a character is no easy task. Oh, you want to bet? <laughs> Just roll really well. <laughs> no, it should not be done lightly and should never be done as an act of vengeance. No, I do agree with that. And that's one of the things why I think I, I shy away from certain uh, dungeon masters is because if I see certain tones, and some people think I have this tone, but again, if you play with me, you find out it's not true, is uh, I find I come to find out they're actually adversarial to the players. Like, oh, i got to kick their ass this time. No. No, you've got to challenge them. So, yeah, it, you don't kill a character out of vengeance. Un- now, if the if the player is just being a complete uh, uh, you know, asshat at the table. Like somebody you don't want in the game anyway, you should probably just usher the player out. But yeah. sometimes it's fun to lightning bolt the dude in the butthole before you do it. Yeah, but if you're going to ask him out anyway, you know, just kill him. Yeah. And then ask him to leave. Like, but you, uh, kill, you kill my character, so you ask me to leave? No, I'm asking you to leave, so I killed your character. <laughs> it's the other way around, buddy. And, and a great line here just to sum it up. A foolish character is a dead character, but an angry castle keeper is soon playing by himself. Yes. It's it's funny, again, that you put himself here, but you put they throughout the other book. Again, your editors. How many writers do you have? How many editors do you have for this book? Pick one. And they is not the right answer. Um, the castle keeper must be impartial. So what I say here is I actually, uh, throughout the games that I'm writing, I put a reasonable and fair game master. Like for a lot of, for a lot of different things. And I probably oversay it, but I do that intentionally just to remind, you know, when you're coming up with that decision or, or it's a hot, it's a hot button topic where if I put that in there and the players and the game master are looking at it, they'll both see a fair, a fair uh, and reasonable game master can decide blah, blah, blah. You know? And so I, I like it. Yeah. An impartial, the keeper must be impartial and adjudicate fairly. Fair and fairly means okay, players. I'm giving you this, but know that my NPCs now get that as well. You know, yeah, yeah. Especially you know, the, uh, we'll go back to the whole uh, picking a fight with the bartender thing. 
All right. If you, if in your description of the bartender, you say, yeah, he's got a little bit of a gut, but you can see from his arms, which are like tree trunks that he has worked out quite a bit. He's got scars all over his body that are obviously from battle. And yet you still picked a fight with this guy. I, I, I take no responsibility for you getting killed at that point. I <laughs> More don't. duts. <laughs> Gotta, that is one of the best videos. More duts. <laughs> and as somebody, and I, I'm not a fan of World of Warcraft, but I played a Necromancer in EverQuest. So the whole more dots thing, yeah. Absolutely. Always more dots, more dots, more dots. I might die, but I guarantee you, so are you. Uh, anyway, scale of the game, knowing the style of of game. Uh, wow, I cannot read. Knowing the style of game. Oh, knowing the style of game your group decided. Oh, I get it. Okay. I was reading that wrong. Makes it easier for the castle keeper to decide on what type of game to run. Generally, games are centered around a single adventure or module, but ambitious game uh, castle keepers set themselves the task of creating a campaign. I, you know, who was I listening to talking recently about just running one shots? Like, I don't like one shot. Unless I'm playtesting a game, I do not want to play a one shot. If somebody comes to me, I mean, I'll do it for, say, somebody like Heathen Dog, like, hey, I'm running one shot of something, want to jump in? Sure, why not? But ultimately, if I'm playing for fun, I want that campaign. I, I want to start that character at, at nobody and try to grow it into somebody. Like, I, I, well, no, you, you can have your character and grow during time and still have Monster of the Week. Type no, 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 no. I, 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 I get that. No, no. I absolutely get that. And, and, and maybe it was hinting more monster week here. But I, I was relating. And somebody was saying that uh, I only run one shots now. I'm like, oh no, it's Venger. Venger was saying that that he only runs one shots. I'm like, man, like that's got to be boring. Like, I don't know. I, sure he's getting it because he's writing his own game. He gets his own game out there. Uh, Friday Night Chill talked about one shots yeah, at one point. Uh, but. Uh, I, I, if, if I'm going into it, I'm going to be excited about the game. If let's put it this way, if he's not going to say I'm running a one shot, I'd be like, all right, give me a character. Uh, I'll look it over. But if I'm making the character, I want to spend the time to play that character. No, I get that. Now enterprise and castle keepers can combine the two. Yeah. Just keep your campaign going with one shots. I mean, you can do my, as yeah. he was saying, you Monster can do the week type thing. Yeah. It's, it's easy for, for some games harder for others it's easy for games like paranoia and, and and call of cthulhu to have you know the beginning middle and end be four to six hours of a, of a certain adventure and then you continue on with a completely different adventure the next week but using the same characters easy to do in some games in other games not so much other games other games require either linked modules to create an arc or you have to create an arc for the the uh um for the game yourself now somebody uh recently just told me that uh i actually run more monster of the week and one shots not one shot so much but monster of the week than i thought and uh, i was like that's not true i i always have something going on but he was very right when he said that because at low levels i'm uh, i do run a lot of ones or what look like one shots or monster of the weeks because i'm setting up certain certain things that hopefully will come back later. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't all depends on what's going on. Oh, but I get it. I get it. Well, so what, what you're doing is creating a whole bunch of, uh, of, uh, uh, four to four to eight hour module type adventures, but you're in doing so you're creating lore that will be used yeah. later. Well, may, okay. maybe used later. Well, maybe use later. It, it, it depends on the player's choices, yeah. what they do. But if, if, uh, levels one through four, uh, you, you have, you have monster Set the, the week tone. happens to be an orc. 
or or kobolds and then starting at level five you uh, you're a higher you're higher level now you hear more things like oh no the, the kobolds have been not only doing this here but they've been doing it over there in that land as well and there and they're they're actually swelling in number and now you're on a campaign to control the orc and or kobold invasion whatever so yeah well, yeah creating lawyer lore for the future by having self-contained adventures it, it also fills up the the players a little bit as well, just to see yeah. what what they're into with their characters. Because even with you guys, with the different games that we played, you know, we bounced around from Dungeons and Dragons to Earth Dawn to Palladium to different Palladium to Rifts to you know, uh, Champions and and so forth. Each one of those groups, even though the players are pretty much the same, the characters are different enough to sure. create different types of adventures. Yep. Or different types of themes, I should say. Uh, while developing and planning a game of Castles and Crusades is prime. Primarily the responsibility of the castle keep. Wow. I, I read that in like such non-English. Basically, it's a castle keeper's job to, to get the game ready. Uh, it's important to note that the game should not take shape in a vacuum. Though a ready-made audience may exist, the castle keeper should keep in mind that the audience, the players, are an interactive part of the game. Before the adventure begins, the players should create their characters... And the castle keeper should have an idea of the classes and races the characters intend to play. Uh, you create for me. You create your characters in front of me. Yeah, I don't trust anybody. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, it's just uh, you know part of the landscape of what I grew up with. You will make your character in front of me, and if you're like, well, I I don't play that way. Well, then you're not playing my game. I don't care. I, I've actually had people say, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to think it through and figure it out and come back to you. Like, no, you're going to make the character at the same time as everybody else in front of me. Uh, I'm I'm just a jerk like that. Uh, players just returned from screening a good Viking movie. Wants to play a Viking? Go for it. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> the a life of adventure, whether played for a single night or as an episode, an ongoing epic campaign. The adventure is the centerpiece of Castles and Crusades. There are four basic settings. All right. So what are those four settings? Uh, do I actually have to read? Uh, darkened corridor, compromised underground labyrinths. Natural man-made, yep, yep, yep. Those, I mean, that's those are dungeons, right? Twisting narrow streets, okay. That would be your more urban environment. Mm -hmm. Long treks, so this would be uh, deserts and marshlands. This would be your exploration, your hex crawl. And there are places, domains where powers... Oh, so these would be like your uh, your demi-planes or your just areas of your ley lines, your just yeah. areas temples, of powers. Yeah, like old, old, just old temples that have a lich in there somewhere. Yeah, well, and and the outer planes, right? So obvious places of power. Yep. Do, 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 do. All things are because anything is possible on the planes, except for a fight in situ. I mean, wrong game. Uh, <laughs> uh, the castle and its keep. Designing a game session or series of sessions interlocked by a plot. Oh, oh, oh! Look at that interlocked by a plotter theme. Yeah. Wow, written in the book. I like that. That's weird. I know. This game gets a thumbs up just for that. But a very fulfilling one as well. To do so requires a plot or environment in which the players find great interest. And that is one of the things that you do need to kind of feel out with the players at, at lower level. I mean, if you know your group, and one of the things that I've been, uh, you know, with certain videos and certain personalities out there that uh, we've been kind of dealing with recently, that I've been, uh, that, that I've been uh, uh, trying to tackle in terms of why are they saying the things that they're saying, so many times that person has his own group, his own dedicated group. Like that's why you can get by with doing some of these things. I remember doing that when I had my own dedicated groups. 
unfortunately nowadays with online or if you're like me and you travel all over the world you have to you have to cater to the the players that are already established there to some degree or play by yourself whatever um balance takes time i'm ronry (laughs) i like this just why is everybody so fucking stupid (laughs) hey hey oh yeah segment one um Anyway, types of adventures, you have planned adventures, you have random encounters, you can have random adventures, I mean, we've talked about it enough times that I'm not going to bring it up again on our streams, but uh, where uh, uh, where the random adventures just took completely over a session, an eight hour long session. Uh, elements of adventure, you can have some combat, some single combat, traps and riddles, I don't like traps and riddles, we talked about that on Friday. No. Um, but there is a way to do them. There is a way to do them. Um, at the end of the stream on Friday, I think we talked about that. Non-player characters, you know what it's missing here? Exploration. Maybe it'll come up a little bit. Um, what are the three pillars? Communication, exploration, or social exploration and combat? Mm-hmm. You want all of those. And I would say that Free League has told me that there's actually a third, a fourth thing. Out of character. When you uh... consider how, how you build your stronghold. So when you play like Forbidden Lands or or Year, uh, Mutant Year Zero, whatever, you have that fourth category where you're doing something, you're deciding, you're making all those decisions out of character um, in order to build your stronghold or to you know, fight with the resistance or repair the underground dome, whatever. That's all out of character stuff. So it gives a little something for everybody. What if somebody's not a strong role player but really loves that aspect? With an iron thumb! That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think that's the point. Uh, whatever your style, theme, setting, or plot of game, the Castle Keeper should be willing to adjust the game's mechanics when necessary. Remember this phrase, rulings, not rules. Right. That's for all you weirdo now, Pathfinder players. I would adjust this sentence to say, whatever the style, theme, setting, or plot of the game, the Castle Keeper should be willing to adjust the game's mechanics when he finds it necessary. Not when the players find it necessary. When the castle keeper finds it necessary. That's important. That's Players silly. do not get to, to cherry pick rules. Oh, and most games with no other players present. Interesting. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, I can see that. I think I've been playing like the free league stuff really sit, uh, sits with me. So, and I like it. Um, I, I want the players around the table. I remember from the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff where you're building your team concept because you'd get those bonuses. Um, I like it for the free league games now. I don't know. I, I like players around. I used to allow players to have like weird secrets and so forth. Like, can I actually play an evil character that's not actually, you know, I won't express it, you know, whatever. I used to love that. Nowadays, I'm just like... Ugh. All right. Like, uh, let's let's look at this paragraph right here because I think this is important. Which one? Uh. Right there. The Castle Keeper starts with, there it is. The Castle Keeper must learn to adjudicate the game and to decide quickly what the ramifications of certain actions may be. Now, this only comes with experience. And you will be wrong sometimes. Yes, especially in the beginning. You will be wrong. It's okay to be wrong as long as you learn from it. That's fine. If players are super pissed that they died because you got a rule wrong, well, they died, man. You got a rule wrong, and it really affected their gameplay. That's on you. Don't right? resurrect. I wouldn't say k- kill characters because you got a rule wrong, but uh, well, I think that might I be a bit extreme. extreme example. Yeah, I uh, gave an extreme example. I I would walk that one back 
No, but no. If it's a minor thing, if it's a minor thing, like like you made a rules mistake and someone mm -hmm. lost their sword, I would I would write into later on in the day or the next day they 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 come across an equivalent replacement. That's fine, that's fine, and you've learned for later. Again, this comes with practice as a game master. And after you've practiced this, you will be able to to uh, to rule in a, in a way that is both fair and keeps the game moving. Don't waffle, though. No, no. You have to stick to it. If someone comes at you later and says, dude, you got this wrong and shows you you got it wrong. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Try try and walk it back or 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 compensate the player in some way because you did get it wrong. But keep the game moving. Yep. All right, fix it later. Keep the game moving. Tell them, "Hey, I know, I hear you. I understand you're right. We have to keep the game moving, but don't worry. We we'll, we will talk about it after the game and remunerations may be possible." Then move on. <laughs> Everyone's learned something. This was supposed to be a short episode today <laughs> segment um but we keep reading things and i also had computer problems that didn't help no i all told i i like what that said so far do you want to do you want to read the rest of it or do you get you make no, the no, point no, no. Just, to... just keep going all, yeah. all this is is minutiae and even the rules are your servant not your master we talked about that already attributes in the game throughout the game cast keeper player must resolve whether or not specific actions succeed or fail we you know i don't see why we have to talk about that yes well, I, I it's, again, even though these are castle keep, this is information more for the castle keeper. I really like the fact that the players are exposed to it right here, yeah. if the, because the players understand what's going on in the sausage making. Not like they wouldn't anyway, but but they see it in the in the words. And you know how people right, are right. nowadays with uh, it isn't in the rules. Well, actually, it is written in the rules. Yeah, right here. I want you to it's understand right where I'm coming from. Yeah, the whole attributes in the game thing is if if there is no skill in the game. To, to cover this or there is a skill but it doesn't cover the situation you may have to roll an attribute check boom there it is that's basically what it's saying so we'll move on all right so let's figure out how to determine if uh if you're going to attack something or how to attack so how to roll so only activities which have a significant chance of failure probably one of the best sentences in this book and it's one of my favorite yep. things when people put in role-playing games now because yep. even if you look at books from the 80s and 90s it never says that even these palladium books i'm going through they don't say that but how many times have you run into a game master and if you haven't thank you but i have a lot where it's like okay i want to tie my shoe all right we'll go roll your skill check dude it's there's nothing going on. i'm going to get it right <laughs> like what's gonna we've got to roll it's a skill yeah they're overusing no. skills or you might have the computer skill look all you're trying to do is surf porn in the morning before your friends come over look that's an that's easy you're going to get it done you do it every day so yeah. uh you don't have there, to make a, a skill difference check. there is a difference between uh going to your local gym and and climbing a climbing wall with a harness that you've climbed several times and actually climbing a mountain there's a difference the first one you're not going to need a check on Right. There, there is there is no uh, there is no uh, effective failure. You have a harness on. No one's going to get hurt. Nobody freaking cares. You're not going to you're not going to waste time rolling that. But later on, when you're climbing a real mountain with no harness on, uh, a failure is a significant downside. You will roll it. Yeah, and there the, the... Is a great chance of failure because nature hates you and <laughs> wants to kill you. 
the the rule of thumb is this if if you're not under duress and ultimately you're going to succeed it's just going to get done yep. like like if there's no time crunch and there's no combat crunch and there's nothing in your way it just it happens let let it go on stop what rolling roll? skills so um determine the needed attribute once decided the attribute check is needed the castle keeper must identify the attribute to be checked against in most cases the answer is obvious all right yeah. so challenge class once the associated uh, the associated attribute is chosen the castle keeper must calculate the character's chance of success the chance of success is determined by a number called the challenge class cc uh the challenge class mirrors armor class in that okay so that, that i like that you keep your terms similar hey there's a first um to determine the challenge class two simple steps are required must determine the challenge base and the challenge level the level of difficulty of the challenge involved challenge base that's a 12 or 18 we already know that is a primary attribute or is a secondary attribute right if it's a primary attribute it's 18 if it's a secondary attribute it's 12 there you go now you got your base roll well, now no, reversed reversed oh i'm sorry i'm sorry is it reversed uh, if it's attributes prime, it's 12. If it's secondary, it's 18. You have to roll equal or over, not equal or under. Okay. Yeah, for some reason, I was thinking plus modifiers. All right. Um, the, sec the second step... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Uh, the second step in calculating challenge class is determining the, con uh, the conflict's challenge level. The Castle Keeper has vast discretion in determining challenge level. Isn't there a chart in here, though? Oh, maybe not. thought there was. It gives examples. Uh... uh it says the simplest oh. way to determine challenge level is by referencing the level or hit dice of the non-player character or monster to which the character is making the check against or reacting to. In such cases, challenge level is equal to the level of hit dice of the non-player character or monster involved. Monster CL is equal to its hit dice. Uh, uh, the, the challenge level of a non-player character equal to their level. For instance, didn't, didn't seventh printing have a have a chart? Though? I thought we read through a I chart. I thought it did have a chart too, but I don't remember exactly. For mm -hmm. instance, if an eight hit dice creature uses paralyzing gaze on a character, the challenge level would be eight. If a six level wizard casts a spell on a character, the challenge level would be six. If a rogue attempts to deactivate a trap set by a fourth level rogue, the challenge level would be four. So this would add to your to your uh, base, and that would be the challenge class. So disarming a trap would be a dex check. And if your dex is primary, it starts at 12. If a fourth level rogue rigged it, it's now a 16. But where if are you? you have skill in disarming traps of some kind, that would make it go down again. Okay. Or, or, or some other modifier, you have a skeleton key or you have magic lockpicks or whatever. That, that would affect it down. Actually, this is what I remember from seventh printing. Challenge level 1 to 5 is adequate for easy tasks. For difficult tasks, 6 to 10. I thought it was in a chart format. I could be wrong, but this looks more familiar to me. Uh, heroic actions require a challenge level of 15 to 20. Wow. Yeah. Good luck and making then, those of course, rolls. It says you add them together. You add the you add your, uh, your, your base, which is either 12 or 18, to the challenge level, and you get your challenge class. No, I typically don't like abstracty art, but this, uh, this picture isn't bad. It's got nice contrasty colors. Maybe I just like the fireball. <laughs> no, the fireball is the least cool thing in that picture. All right. Uh, challenge level less than zero. So what happens if it's less than zero? Uh, informing the player receive an Doesn't extra bonus. What's that? Doesn't require a check. Yeah. Uh, That's what see. I would do. 
Well, okay, as previously noted, every activity does not require an attribute check. However, circumstances do arise where the castle keeper may want the character to make an attribute check, but have a greater chance to succeed. In other words, may want a CL of zero or less. Oh, so you're still rolling versus that 12 or 18. Yeah, but you can get the automatic bonuses. So if, if it's a CL of negative two and it's your primary attribute, you're rolling a 10. You're rolling four a 10. And remember, you get you get your level added into there as added well. To, so. Yeah, added to it, right. Okay. Uh, so if, if, wait, so, so wait, if, if you're level 10 and you're going against a challenge code of 10, you win? I didn't. I I didn't see one was an automatic miss anywhere. Ruling's not rules, man. I'm moving on. All right. <laughs> uh, strength. Yeah, obviously, you do things when you're uh, to lift stuff and to be strong. Dexterity. Hey, that's when you're trying to do uh, tightrope walking. Uh, intelligence. When you try to smartify people. Wisdom. When you're trying to not use words like smartify in a conversation. Anyway, yeah, we can just, you don't. You don't have to do that. We can just skip this whole thing. This. The, this is just a guide to tell you uh examples of what uh attribute you're looking for to make them roll for a check in specific situations this this will give you enough examples so you can extrapolate from there that's basically what this is also adding care well we already talked about the adding character but we talked about that in the first first episode yeah we did yeah oh and types of saving throws here we go let's let's look at saving throws for a moment because i think this is the last thing to talk about yet so uh saving throws use your strength to resist paralysis and constriction by the way this is one of those things i really like i actually like uh using all of your attributes for saving throws and i like this breakdown uh, just for me i like this breakdown use strength to resist paralysis and constriction use intelligence to resist arcane magic and illusion wisdom to uh resist define a uh, wow divine magic confusion which makes sense because it's the antithesis of wisdom Gaze attacks polymorph. Now these are interesting. Polymorph and petrification fall under wisdom, huh? That's weird. Polymorph and petrification, in, in my opinion, should be under constitution because it's a body changing event. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah. Interesting. But uh, let's see, dexterity, breath weapon, traps, because you're trying to dodge out of the way. Uh, fireballs. I would also see yeah, a fireballs dex. Uh, constitution, disease, energy drain, poison. Again, all makes sense. A charisma, death attack. Wow. Power word killer. The the thereof is charisma see again charisma. You, you are too cute to die no it's, it's yeah it's, I'm, I'm, I'm having listen. trouble attributing any of these things to charisma well charm and fear i can get that nope. but uh nope well because you're wisdom. looking at the other side of it yeah that'd be wisdom actually yeah. no uh wisdom is not the same as power that is true that's right that you're is, right yeah. so I'm glad you brought okay, that up i get that but death attack like you can you can you can like pretty your way out of a death attack or talk your way out I'd of a death attack i'd say it's more presence than pretty all right, your 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 power of <laughs> Not presence that will stop that death attack from affecting. Mm. Yes. So so here's here's what I did in, in my game in the game that I'm writing because I only have four attributes, not six. Is I combined wisdom and charisma into wits. So it, it's it's that willpower, that will to live, your quick wittedness. Uh, somewhere in there fits with the death attack, I guess. Or you know what? Let's not have charisma always be a dump step because I'll just start finger, you know, powered uh, kill and finger of death thing. Yeah, you know, you know what? You know, I I understand why we have some problems with this chart. I, it doesn't no, no, matter. No, 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 let me explain. I think we have problems with this chart because they didn't want to create a dump stat they didn't want to create an oh. automatic dump stat yeah. 
And the the one that I see that is easiest to become a dump stat is charisma. I mean, to be fair, I don't have a problem with any of this, but yeah, trying to, you know, trying to justify exactly why it's in there, but I'm I'm not going there. I, I like the way this is broken down, even if I would have done it differently. Okay. So, um, and it talks about breath weapons, char. Oh, hey, maybe, hold on, charisma, death attacks. Death attacks are rare and only a few monsters and rare artifacts have them. In most cases, death attacks allow the victim make a charisma save to avoid the effect. Okay, it doesn't say why. Yeah, it doesn't say, <laughs> I'd love to know why. I, I, I want to know your thoughts on that and, and your, your justification for your power of personality to, to, uh, to uh, you know, by, bypass a, a lich's finger of death. I'd love to know that. <laughs> all right uh combat um guess what we're That's done we're, we're done, done for today that took way longer don't i say this every week now yes you do it took way longer than it was supposed to oh so next week we're doing magic and then combat or are we doing combat then magic eh, one first one then the other okay i mean right now the plan is magic next week and then combat but uh i mean yeah we could change it but that's what we so we have two weeks left. Uh, section on combat, section on magic. Apparently, my wife is trying to drag a cat in here, and uh, yeah, let me stop sharing that. Sorry for all the issues. I mean, this also was uh, delayed because of my computer issues and so forth. Seems like things are working now, though. You don't want to know what my fix action was. No, you're you're gonna want to rewatch this for all the times you were gone and I was bad mouthing the hell out of you. Yeah, you know what. I've been bad. I, worse things have been said about me by better people. So there. All right. That's, that was mean. I feel why hurt is, now. Why is that background up? I don't know. I didn't do it. Got all the books. That's fine. Because it's it's segment one, baby. Talking about books. That's weird. Oh, you've got the Legion Myth logo on your screen. So that's good enough. There you go. All right. So uh, you want to read through chat while I get the second thing ready and see if there's anything interesting on there from people's? Uh, crafty says uh charisma is also a force of personality or presence yeah. that's yeah. true that's true but i don't i don't think i could i could you know personality or presence myself out of a death Ooh. attack doesn't make any sense to me but again i before i make a final judgment on that i want to know their logic behind it that'd be great um because none of you are sports ball fans the vikings beat the packers with the last second kick that is called pure luck it's called you know that is called that uh, the Vikings for once didn't want to lose worse than the other team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where did I put this stupid? Hey. Oh, there it is. Here. Anything else interesting in chat? Um, uh, not really. I am gonna put the link out here for. Oh crap! I don't have Discord open. Link out here for what? Uh, for some of the other peoples that we know, let them, if they want to come in, I don't know, people like, you know, Jim Bloodbirth or Biggest Geekus or Bruce or whomever might be watching. Where would you want me to put this link? Uh, gatekeepers. Okay, Gatekeepers, which actual section? Oh, uh, the private uh, stream links. Stream links, stream links. Should be on the bottom. Should be on the bottom. Live stream links. Okay. There you go. Yeah, go ahead and put it there if anybody if the one of them wants right. to come in and talk about this as well. That's that's cool. All right. Um <clears throat> nobody cares about Aaron Rodgers. There it is. In fact, I Got wish it. he had COVID. <laughs> Done so. Uh, All right. I'm going to go refill my uh 
my soda in between okay. our things and we'll go ahead and throw the throw the ending of the segment up stuff oh it's too late for Stop. that now i'm not keeping this part for youtube later but yes i will i'm screwing up everything today just out of it now ever since my computer started acting stupid i'm out of it uh the wrong giveaway picture again let me just delete that one go away there uh while it stays up even after you delete it that's funny uh so we have our subscriber giveaway we didn't put the subscribe thing. We didn't do anything during that stream. We did everything wrong during that stream. That's my fault. <laughs> that segment. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's segment two. Wait, yeah, that's all segment two stuff. You know, I don't even care right now. I got to get my brain back back on this. Let's let's refocus the noggin, and then we'll have a good segment two. Ah, Dan Bloodworth pops in. All right. And uh, hey, DM Bloodworth, he uh, doesn't even know the topic yet, but he's popping in for the random topic of the day. <laughs> How are you doing today? No, I know the topic was uh, about, uh, what do you think about uh, DMs that uh, get paid? Oh my, oh my God, you actually read our titles? I never write. I read the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so Heathen Dog comes back, we will start that. And uh... Okay, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm in a new location right now, so... I see that. I'm actually in my, my dining room, kind of making a, a little snack. I was, I was doing a re-recording of a video where I had poor sound quality. <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, just redoing that one and, and trying to... Well, get... now if, if that's your microphone, now you've got a lot of echo. Or actually reverb, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in my... I'm in my uh... Is that a government clock on the wall? Oh, it's, it's that looks like a gov. That looks like a government clock. <laughs> like it every single like government clock is. <laughs> uh, it, it loses about seven minutes a month. <laughs> so it's a government clock. <laughs> uh, segment two. We love you. Wow. Aw. Uh, he says you're really quiet. Are you? You're not quiet yeah. in my ear, but. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm on my iPad, so I, I don't see how I could be having um, mic issues here. But I think StreamYards now gives you the ability, like, yeah, I can edit your settings. Like, I can, I can make you louder. Let's try well, that. Yeah, let's, let's try that. All um, right, I made you louder. Okay. Yeah, my, I'll do my mic volume all the way up as well. I'll do it on my end. Wait a second. You could have made Mar Hawkman louder this entire time. You're in. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I, I just learned that in the stream yard you can do that, but uh, Mar Hawkman isn't quiet on here. He's, uh, he's quiet, quiet on your quiet stream. For me. Oh. Well, you need to learn to wear headsets like everybody else. Ah, fooey. <laughs> all right. Okay. I, so hate, let's... I really do hate wearing headsets. And me too. I think that's the other problem is that. Um, you know, the, the headset mic is just much, much louder. Uh, even though I have my, my outputs cranked out to like 300% and everything, the, it's just not the same uh, mic quality. So I, I, hate, I hate wearing headsets also, but uh, if I don't, then I just, everything comes right back. Even with my noise gate, everything comes right back into here. And I'd have to have, have everything so quiet, I wouldn't be able to hear anybody. Yeah. So, uh, I'm right. getting used to it, though. It's really, you know, part of my job. Stupid security. All right. Uh, are we talking about part two? Or are we talking about something else? No, we're, we're going into segment two now. Sweet. I don't have a graphic for it, so here we go. 
All right, time for segment two, where all opinions and comments belong to the individual speaker. So go ahead and blame DM Bloodworth for everything you don't like that I say, because that's how we do it here. It's left the blame over to him. Hyperbole, satire, stereotypes, generalizations, and assumptions are often intentionally used for simplicity and effect. And if you use they in the third person singular, I hate you. And this is not meant for children under the age of 13. You can find us here, there, and that other place. And you can also find us on these fine establishments right here and of course we have a 3,000 subscriber giveaway that has a fifth item on there we are now shooting towards our sixth item very close to that one which will actually we're going to start doing some uh some uh what do you call them gift cards because somebody asked a very important question hey you shipping these books overseas no no i am not <laughs> so sorry uh, and i should probably be very clear about that not shipping these books overseas you must have a U.S. address. I will ship to APO, FBO, because I love my folks in the military. And now segment two. All right. And now we share the screen. I can't share the screen. What kind of nonsense is that? Okay. Oh, that keeps happening. Hold on. This is me because I got paranoid about my... Uh, uh, what do you call it? My video stuff earlier that uh, I'm using a different browser now also. So let's try that again. Oh, there we go. Now I can share things. So what we're going to talk about today is, uh, so I was, you know, on the pooper yesterday and the pooper said, hey, read this article. And I'm like, uh, fine. So this article came up posted by Joab on November 2nd, 2021. So a little bit ago, a couple weeks ago, why would why would Google's tell me to watch something from a couple weeks ago? That's weird. Anyway, and apparently he's got four comments on it, and it's for Dungeon Masters. But it's titled, Charging for Dungeon Master Services. Let's talk about it. Do I really want to talk about it? I don't know. Now, Heathen Dog, did you say you read this article? Yes. Okay, I did not. I read the, I read the title and the first two paragraphs, and I said, huh, we should talk about this on the stream. So I didn't read it. <laughs> That's how that works. Uh, it's a nice graphic there. I wonder where you got it from. I like that. That's uh, Lord of the Rings. What, you don't get it? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, uh, is it Lord of the Rings? No, it's not. Well, The Hobbit. The Hobbit. The Hobbit had a tiefling in there? No, no. But th that that's the inspiration. When Oh, when... you know, I'm, I'm not talking about that, though. I'm, I'm talking, yeah, Smog. But I'm talking yeah. about, like, uh, I wonder where he actually got the art. Because, oh, I, I mean, know. I just generally like, I like the dragon anyway. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Do you DM? Considering going freelance and charging for your Dungeon Master services. Have a side hustle as a Dungeon Master can be helpful for your wallet. Really? But it's not right for everyone. Charging as a Dungeon Master means that you have to put in more effort than those who offer their services for free. Wrong. Well, okay. Why did you say wrong? Because um, if you put in enough effort for your people your people who aren't paying you to come back day after week after week, day after day, month after month and say they like it. That means you can charge for it. The exact same amount of effort. If you put in enough effort to where people are like, ah, I don't want to play this game. You can't charge for it. You don't have a service that, that anyone wants. So that's it. You don't have to put in more effort because you're charging money. If the effort you are doing keeps people coming back for more, you have you have enough effort to charge money for it. That that's the metric. Okay. Um. 
Not sure I agree with that, but we'll find out what's more. You got anything to say on that point? Uh, yeah, see, I'm with Violent Souls, everything with that one right there. Do, do you have any comments on that, uh, Bloodworth, or should I go on and just wait for something more fun to... Yeah, I mean, I feel that you should... I think that you should put a, a, as much effort as your as your players deserve. And if they're showing <laughs> Blame up... the players. Yeah, if they're showing up consistently, then they deserve, you know, a very consistent effort. And, um, you know, what, whether or not they're, they're if, if they're they're paying you by their longevity, they're paying you by showing up on a consistent basis. And and to me, that's that's payment enough is that, you know, if they're buying into what I'm doing and they're uh, they're showing up on a regular basis and, and they're asking for more. Uh, I don't need them to pay me to do that I, because I'm doing something that I love doing. Yeah, um, but that 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 also means that the level of effort you're doing, you can you can charge people for it because you know people will come back. Therefore, it's a valuable service. You yeah, I to. think it's a valuable service. Okay. Like I I don't need pay to um, to um, legitimize the value of the service, though. Well, yeah, the, the only problem I have with this entire article is that who the hell is going to make make a living as a game master? There are people who do it. <laughs> How many? Like, well, really? Like a real living? I don't mean like, oh, I, I, I live in, in basement apartment. No, they, they, they teach, they teach students. They, they teach students. They do on, they uh, run online. They, they teach clubs and so forth. Because of the popularity of D&D, there are people who absolutely... Yeah, make money very doing it. little can actually what I would consider make a living. Make money is not making a living. Yeah, it, it's like I've seen I've seen commercials like on, on Facebook and everything where you know or, or advertisements where they're like, oh, come join and we will teach you, you know, uh, how to how to play the game or run the game and and it's like it's like fifty dollars a session or something crazy like that and it's like. I can I just buy the books and I, I learn and and as good as I do as 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 good as I do and and I, I, it's just a bizarre thing it's almost like those infomercials right I was like let me show you the tricks of of earning a living I was like you're earning a living by selling these stupid you know fifteen disc things that's how you're making money uh, Billy Bay's here how to be a dm in eight simple steps oh my god that's yeah, a lot of damage yeah. <laughs> you know i, I it's just it's just bizarre to me. it really is yeah i well i mean that's the part where i'm struggling to wrap my head around but this is kind of a long article so i'm going to uh continue on and we'll have other points right. to poke into here in this article we'll discuss the good the bad and ugly realities of becoming a paid dm Wonder, well, this person better write uh, what his experience is, otherwise he doesn't actually know. But anyway. Well, we, I, how, how do we know that? Maybe hmm. he might have good ideas, but doesn't know the ugly realities of becoming a paid DM unless he's done it. Yeah, <laughs> right. and, and we as readers of this article don't know that. Don't know the answer. Oh, he should announce it. Should be, I've been doing this for. Well, fine. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, well, I, I think that would be in the preface, right? I've read this much, dude. We got... Plenty to go here. <laughs> Charging is a dungeon master. Dungeons and Dragons is a tabletop RPG that has been around for over 40 years. As it's or at its core, it's a game that brings people together like few others can claim to do. Except every other game. 
Sorry, go on. Okay. I can't <laughs> speak to exactly how new the idea of, of charging for DM services is, but I can claim that it's become much more common than ever in the game's history. I um, talked with some people about that about maybe a year ago, because I, I hadn't left Germany. We were doing RPG Digest at, at its early phases, so I, I'm guessing about a year ago. And uh, a lot of us older people are like, charge for DMing? What are you talking about? Yet there are a lot of people out there like, oh yeah, we always pay for uh, a DM. If DM does a good job, the DM should get paid. I'm like, where the hell was I when that came up? So <laughs> it has been it has been going on for a while. Um, it's just, I don't think it's in our circles because we possibly still see this as just the fun game that we play with our friends. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of charging to DM can be tempting because it's an easy side hustle if you're already used to DMing for your own group. However, you have to make sure you're not compromising your character by taking money in exchange for bringing people together to play the game. Heathen Dog's probably got some things to say about that. All right. You have to make sure you are not compromising your character as a your character as a DM. That's like personal character. Yeah, your like, personal character, yes. Yeah, as a DM okay. by taking money in exchange for bringing people together. Okay. So what this is saying is that just because you're being paid doesn't mean that you change the way you dm you don't give the players more just because they're giving you money you're giving them an your experience not mm -hmm. their wishes for them wishes may as well be fishes because it doesn't fucking matter all right <laughs> you are they're paying you to be a game master not not to be a mirror re reflecting all of their narcissistic bullshit wow so getting money make make sure that you don't give them more that you wouldn't normally just because you're getting money i think that's what it's saying and that's fine mm -hmm. all right uh there are tasteful and distasteful ways to go about it can you actually charge as a dm well i know people who have done it so yes you can actually charge but i do like the earlier question though can you actually make a living on it though a living and living and money is different because I may have to teach my wife how to do this. <laughs> DMing has started to become somewhat of a more common side hustle. This is especially true since there are more people getting into Dungeons & Dragons than ever before. That was the excuse I heard as well, and they had a hard time finding Dungeon Masters. You won't necessarily get rich doing it, but it can definitely help pay the rent. Okay, help pay the rent. A dollar helps pay the rent, you insufferable okay. <laughs> ass. You're, you're parsing too much now. God, uh, the, no, the, the, the people that I heard, um, th these are the, basically the two billing formats that I saw. Between $10 and $50 per player that sits at the table or a straight fee of around $250 to $300 per session for a four-hour session. More if it goes longer. Me? I would never pay that. That's crazy. It's absolutely insane. It, it, yeah. That's like, that's like tutoring services that you pay yeah. somebody. No, that's worse than tutoring day. services. T tutoring services is like 20 to 50 bucks an hour for like yeah, one or two like hours. So you're like, paying somebody $200. Yeah, but you're, you're actually imparting knowledge that's useful in the world, not not like watching a movie. Like, like, a like, yeah. like uh, Dances with Dungeons and Dragons is like eight, hour, <laughs> is eight hours long, but I don't learn anything in that will help in my life. <laughs> it's stupid. I'm not, paying, I'm not paying $500 to watch Dances with Wolves. It's not happening. <laughs> so however this opens up some space for those dms who want to provide their services as a side hustle if everyone in a group of friends wants to be a player and nobody is particularly excited to dm it can just make more sense to look at hiring a dm for your group 
Okay, I, I, I'm laughing because no, I will force Heathen Dog to run a game. <laughs> or or heathen there's or heathen dog will force me to run a game hey we're playing this next run it i don't want to that doesn't matter we're still playing you know that that's how our friend group worked like uh or sometimes it was two two people competing like i want to dm because yeah. i'm better than you or i want to dm because yeah, i'm that, better that, than you that's the thing we've had the opposite problem yeah the opposite problem like we both want to run a game because we both have an idea for a campaign and we have to fight to run the next game not or, or not, who not gets the saturday and who gets stuck on wednesday because no one wants to you yeah. know we've never had that problem uh and uh so, so if everyone in group oh there we go uh, just made for sense how you, uh, so they're they're looking for a dungeon master and you're able to provide that service in exchange for money to compensate you for your time well thank you particularly with the incredible popularity of virtual tabletops like roll 20 or use foundry not not this nasty one and oh and foundry there we go <laughs> it might not even be necessary to leave your home uh it, now what do you offer he now what do you offer well let's find out because it's written right here and okay. then you can agree or disagree and and dm bloodworth of course as well you guys can chime in whenever you need to if you are going to charge as a dungeon master you need to offer a truly unique experience. No, right. only unique to them. Exactly. Because <laughs> I'll be there and, like, you ran yeah. that game last year. <laughs> and and uh, whereas the they, them is is Max's pet peeve, adding a qualifier. Oh, that's right. It's mine. There, there's no such thing as truly unique, asshole. It's just unique. <laughs> you can't have a qualifier on unique. You're a dick. No. But uh, no, you, you. But Max is right. You only have to offer something that they haven't seen before, or they haven't experienced before, and that can be considered unique to them because unique is a perspective, and to them it'll be it'll be unique. You, you know what I'm going to relate this to um, is when I was the when I was the guild master of an MMO. And Oof. I was paying. I was paying for the message board, or or, or for the discords, or you know, or whatever you know, voice server we were using at yeah. the time. And any time that any of those things incurred a cost, my my a number of my players would be like, "Hey, here's two dollars to put towards, you know, the 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 fee that I know you're paying for the fifteen dollars a month that I know you're." And your paying guild was for. better than mine, you know, and then. <laughs> And then, you know, that actually, you know, eventually started to offset the cost of playing the MMO as well. But there was a lot involved um, in in running those things, uh, you know, running a running a guild, especially like a you know a two hundred plus you know member guild. There was there was quite a bit involved with it, and there I oh, yeah. can see it. Let's relate that to tabletop role playing. Um, yeah, if players if players want to say, hey, you know what, we know that you're paying for uh, a virtual tabletop at you know ten twenty you know um, twenty dollars a month. Well, you know here's two dollars a piece, you know, to help put you towards that. You know, here's your PayPal, you know, offset. I could see that. Yeah. All right. That's that's paying me for my out of pocket expenses. I, I I agree with that. Um, especially nowadays with a lot of these new VTTs, you know, remember it used to be that the, that only the dungeon master had to have a, an account. Now most of them require everybody to have an account. Yeah, but uh, game master accounts uh, have a lot less, have a lot more restrictions to a free version. 
You know, you have to have a paid version to be a dungeon yeah. master account in a lot of things. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> if she wants a diamond, she can go dig it out of the earth herself. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll, I'll pay for you to come back only if you have product. Get out. Right. Well, something I can sell to make it worth the time. So get one for yourself and about 10 for me. Uh, so if you're going to charge the Dungeon Master, you uh, offer Heathen Dog's very unique ser uh, experience. <laughs> uh, players oh, and that's somewhat unique bullshit. Somewhat unique actually disqualifies the word unique. Word unique. Yes, it does. <laughs> because unique is not somewhat unique. It's only unique. You can't put a. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> Players are used to seeing DMs on popular streams and expect their games to be just as engaging. Well, first of all, um, depends what popular streams you're talking about. Because if you're talking Critical Role, that is not a Dungeons & Dragons game. And I can tell you that every, and I mean literally every, tabletop game that I've watched that's not Critical Role has been boring as shit. And I watch it either because I support the people who, who run it and I like them, but... I'm not playing. I don't care. And it's because it's a game. It's like watching golf. If you're not actually playing the damn thing, nobody cares. If you watch golf, you're an idiot because you're just sitting there. I mean, it's, I'd rather watch paint dry because at least something's getting done. Uh, there's just, I don't know, just watching other people play has never done it for me. I don't, I don't know about you guys. If you, if you watch any Let's Plays, and I've tried to watch a few of them. Yeah, I've tried to watch a few of them and you're not watching it for the gameplay because you really don't see the, the true gameplay. You're seeing the interaction, you know, amongst the players. Um, that's what really you're watching. You're watching how they're interacting. You don't actually see their dice rolls. You don't see actually, their... I, huh? I, had, I had that in mind, Bloodworth. I had that in mind when, when I, I did my one shot for Call of Cthulhu. I, I got a dice roller and put it on screen. And whenever someone rolled die, I would roll. It, you would see the dice roll because that, right. again, I, I had the same thought as you on that. If, yeah. uh, if, if I'm not seeing the dice roll, I'm not really seeing the gameplay. I'm just seeing what people could be making up, you know? And if yeah, I didn't show the roll on the screen, it didn't matter. I had to redo it. And that would be more <clears throat> interesting for me to actually see how does the how does the GM or the player react to the role that they just made? You know, and then you could you could really get into you know well you know how are they how are they judging this? How are they interpreting you know what's going on? You know how does the GM differentiate between uh, rolling a nineteen and rolling an eighteen? I mean, because there there should be some kind of a differentiation and you know in certain systems. Between the two, you know, um, so th that I think is is something that you never see or you really I, I don't recall ever seeing anybody actually do dice rolling uh, that that the viewer can see, you know, in a in a thing. So, yeah, if you ever did that, I would certainly watch it. You know, I primarily did, you can't watch it for that. <laughs> it's huh? on the yeah. YouTube channel. Well, what you can't watch though is you can't see the faces of the people he used icons for him. But I think it worked well, out because it was actually the characters. Yeah, it was it was the yeah. pictures of the characters they are portraying because not everyone had a camera. So that I, I went there, mm. so everyone has a face. It's just the face of the character they were playing. Yep. And uh, I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link, Bloodworth. Yeah, you should have a clue. Close up of their eyes, so you just see the expression in their eyes. You know, there you, go. It's like, you can read a lot just from the eyes. That's all you need. 
All right, so you can't just be a campaign administrator. You need to really capture their imaginations and make it worth their money. That are you? Are you? What's that? Okay, that's just being a game master. But go on. Sure. Are you able to patiently explain game mechanics to newer players in a way that still moves the story along? Have you invested in materials for your game to really make it pop? But how did? Uh, putting on a show. Yeah. Uh, You're. Yeah, I don't use fun. miniatures in my games. Like, so no. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> it didn't. It just says blanket materials. It could be yeah. supplemental books. It could be. Use uh, your fucking imagination. Supplemental yeah. books. Give, 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 you know, extra rules and, and more options for the players. And they may want that as well. Oh, love this one. Do you have the time to do all the necessary prep work to take the game seriously? Okay. No, again, there is no differentiation between making money off it and just being a good game master. A bad game master would, wouldn't would do that, therefore you wouldn't pay him. But you also wouldn't play this game for free either. So what the hell? So so far, any game master whose players don't leave can charge. Well, I, I, I bet you that's what it ultimately comes down to anyway. Uh, all right, so professional versus amateur dungeon masters. Branching off from the previous point, you have to be a professional if you're going to charge for DM services. Where's my certification to say that I'm qualified yeah, to be a professional? Is, do, is there a certificate I can put on the wall? Got to be that elite 1%. Uh, most games between friends are cool. Uh, most games between friends are cool if the DM is still learning the ropes, but you're being paid to be a professional dungeon master. You need to know the rules inside and out in addition to being able to properly coach players who might be newer to the game. I disagree with this, and here's why. If you're trying to teach the rules to the game, yes, but one of my best Dungeon Masters ever never cracked open a book. He barely knew the rules at all, didn't care about the rules. We, we, it was what we called the informal game. He had the book there just so he knew what spells did. So if you threw a fireball out, that's it did this thing or that thing, right? But it was pretty much a high-low system, and if he thought that what you're trying to do is a little more risky, and he didn't care what die you bring. You could bring a D4. You could bring percentile dice. I will tell you percentile dice was bigger because he could give you smaller penalties. But, uh, but it didn't matter because he just say roll high, low. And that's how we went forward. And we, and we kept moving forward. So unless you're really just trying to sp uh, focus in on those rules, you don't need this at all. You just need to teach people how to play and have fun. Imagine their characters. Need gatekeeper's t-shirt to be qualified. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. That's I've got perfect. mine. Yes. Yes. Red bubble. Go, go, go to the Legion myth, red bubble, get, get your gatekeeper's t-shirt and then just show it and you'll be able to charge for your services. There you go. Yep. Done. Uh, so anyway, make it a point to be on time and, and prepared for every game session. So be a decent human being. You should yeah. know what's happening in your game. So be a game master. Again, this is just being a regular game master that people don't abandon you. <laughs> That's it. Now, what, what, what do they mean by be prepared for your, what, what if you're running a, a improv sandbox? What's preparation for that? Uh, if uh, if Bring you're the sand? an improv sandbox, then you have to be prepared by having your world, your, 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 the setting backstory of your world be fleshed out enough to where no matter where they go, you have something for them to do. Okay. I mean, I can understand being on time. I mean, that that's a, you know, that's, that's just, pretty much that's just common courtesy, you know? Yeah. But being, being prepared, I mean, like I, I believe in being prepared and, and having a like yeah. kind of a, a framework of what we're going to be doing today, but there's, there's plenty of flexibility built within it. Um, but 
I don't know what their definition of being prepared means. Just like I don't know what their definition of, you know, there's, there's both, uh, you know, positive and, and negative ways of approaching this, but they don't give examples of it. So what is their exact, what is this author's example of being prepared? Well, um, you know, just what? kind of global. If, if they're the ones that are paying, then that then they have to uh, shop for the game master they want, and and they will have a list of. Can I of interview my game masters? You must have. Yeah. You must have a, a a completely fleshed out world sandbox ready. You must have eighteen different bad guys of varying levels yeah. of power throughout the entire levels of campaign. You must have list 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 list. And if you don't yeah, have all that, the, then the, don't apply. The, yeah, they'll hand you a checklist. <laughs> Does your game yes. have these? Currently have doing these a certification class at a low price of $99.99 or 10 easy payments of $6. Somebody failed at math. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, okay, yeah, let's just move on. I'm not going to drag this right. out. Um, see, for if you, uh, that means you'll have expenses in the form of things like miniatures. Nope. Terrain. Nope. 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 Books. Well, maybe, but I'd probably come with mine. Or services like D&D Beyond. You don't need miniatures and terrain to play a decent game. Now, I do have my dungeon terrain back there, and I do have a few miniatures I can put on, on, a, uh, on a map if necessary. But no, you don't actually need that stuff. And to act like you do, and it doesn't make you look any, uh, any Especially more professional. Especially with online play. You literally can't do that. Well, yeah, you no, know, yeah. that's, that's how they play. No, no, no. no if, uh, if you have the, the Roll20 or whatever, then, then it comes with that. You know, no, you have to pay for a lot of those tokens and no, and yeah, a lot of now. you have to pay for the tokens. He's right. You have to pay for yeah. like regular generic tokens. Not really? generic ones, but but if you well, there you go. Like, Fuck for, that then. You have to pay for them. Yeah. Good guys are blue. Bad guys are red. You want more? Give me more. <laughs> there you go. As a quick note, I wouldn't recommend trying to charge for your services, DM, unless you have at least a few years of experience. Well, why? I know some game masters that have more than a few years of experience, and I would never pay for that. They pay me to let me play at their table. Um, yeah, uh, not only do you, I'm, I'm, this is a long article, so I'm going to start skipping some stuff here, but uh, not only do you need to be fully versed in the game system, but you need to have experience being a DM for several different types of player personalities. Oh, now you have to be somebody's psychologist. Yep. That's a yep. major difference between a professional DM and an amateur. Oh, and absolutely never take bribes. But we're out. <laughs> Well, even though I, I were gone for services, I would need to take bribes. You ass hat. <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> if a player is trying to give you some extra money so that he can get, uh, if a player is trying to give you some extra money so that he can get uh, some kind of super awesome weapon or ability, that sets a very bad precedent. What's the bad precedent? What? There's no microtransactions. No yeah, I was gonna say no microtransactions. Have you not seen EA? <laughs> it's completely legal. It's completely legal. <laughs> No, no, no. Actually, no. You want to wrap bribe? it up? Wrap it up in a little box. No, no yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here it is. You want a cookie? Okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to write down ten things you're going to get, and you have to randomly roll it by opening this box. <laughs> it's only, it's only illegal in Germany. Right? There you go. Uh, not only will it throw off the entire game fighting in the other play, but but it's just tacky. Well, again, if you would do this in your normal game session, you're probably already aware of that. What should you charge? Tabletop oh, hate. Tabletop role playing brought to you by Blizzard. <laughs> yeah, Activision. There you go. Yeah. Activision Blizzard, yeah. So, here we go. Charge based on the value that you bring to the group. Well, I bring a million dollars to the group, so that's going to be a pretty expensive session for you. But a, for a typical four to five hour session, something like ten to twenty dollars per player is reasonable. Okay. 
But it's also important not to charge more than what your players are comfortable with. You well, end your sentence yeah. with a with. Okay, yeah. Dangling, it, whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a blog, it's okay. Uh, it's if you're really pulling out all the stops and have all the premium goodies for the players to use, $20 per head might be fair. Generally speaking, though, $10 per head is going to be the most reasonable. And these are the prices, actually, I've heard up to 50 between $10 and $50 is what I've heard per player. If your players are on the fence about paying for D&D sessions or not, get creative with how much value that you provide in exchange for it. So again, this you got your suit and tie on, you're, you're spritzing yourself, you've got your books in for your little briefcase, and you're, you're interviewing for the damn job. No. Uh, you want to keep your rates very clear. Let the players know this is how much the cost per session will be. I say charge by the half hour. <laughs> All right. Next round. Next week. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> having all oh, a free session zero first the first bites pre <laughs> oh man this is drug dealer territory now uh to set the campaign's expectations clarify the rules make characters make sure you bring in dm bloodworth session zero hot safety tools your okay, OSR wait, safety stop, tools stop, stop. But, having a free session zero for, makes sense it does make sense for campaign mm -hmm. expectations clarifying rules Making characters is hard work. I'm not giving that shit away for free. Like, don't do anything. <laughs> Bullshit. I have to adjudicate everything you bitch players want. Because some asshole sat over there where I wasn't watching yes. and mysteriously came up with yes. 618s on his character sheet. Like, I what? have to say no, or I have to say no, you didn't roll that in front of me. There's going to be an uproar, and I have to calm your, your little baby ass down. That's work for me. I'm getting paid for that. <laughs> Loot boxes, loot boxes, indeed. You know, I think we should do that from now on. Every dungeon is just loot box. You have to roll. I mean, that's kind of how second edition was anyway, but you just have to roll. It's like, your loot box glows orange. Yeah, we got something great. Oh, it's a, it's a rare skin for Heathen Dog. Oh. oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're making a pretty big commitment because you were going to run games for free otherwise. <laughs> All right, things you should know before charging as a dungeon master. You're going to start the DM side hustle, some things you should be aware of. It can be an incredibly fun way to make some extra money on the side. If you don't know that already, Why are you haven't even read this far? <laughs> that said, you need to accept that sessions. Wait, that's it. You need to accept that sessions that, oh my God. Wow, except that's the, yep. the session. Okay, the sessions that you're being paid for aren't going to be the same as uh, those comma or something i don't know that you've played before with your friends okay additionally okay, that's wrong that's wrong well, well, hold on because there's a dark side to charging for dm services that you need to be aware of we'll get to that in just a moment cliffhanger no it's not a cliffhanger it's just it's it's just a stupid hanging chad like his his brain is hanging out of his skull and connected only by a little bit of fiber if heathen dog heathen dog stop it's not about you it is no, no. It's about this guy. <laughs> Scroll up for a second. All right, there it is. It can be incredibly fun. Blah blah blah. That said, you need to accept the sessions that you're being paid for aren't going to be the same as those you've played for you played before with your friends. Bullshit. Because if your friends walk away, you know you can't charge. If your friends stay and they want you to DM again, you know you can charge. That's it. That's all you got to know. And the dark side of, of being a DM, it starts off with, it's not about you. No shit, Sherlock. Do you have any other great insights you, you want to talk about? Is Shadow going to survey the scene on this? God damn it. All right, go ahead.
okay. Uh, it's not about you, heathen dog, damn it. It's a, a lot of... Hey, at least he does a lot with two words. A lot of Dungeon Masters forget that when they start charging for their services, it's not about the game they want to play. Instead, it's about creating the experience that your players are paying you to provide them. Again, with the width, Just I know. Just get, yeah. get rid of that. Just get rid of it. You are done here. Like, um, you're the professional Dungeon Master now, which means you need to be able to give them what they want. Wrong! They, no, they wanted me as the Dungeon <laughs> yeah, Master. That's what they yeah. got. And from then on, I, I, they get what I give them. If they don't like it, they can stop paying me. Okay. Most importantly, all uh, most importantly of all, oh my god, wow! Most important all of all of this is that your players are having fun. You can do this by tailing sessions around their individual preferences and expectations as much as possible. I mean, I kind of do that in my game to some yeah. small degree. I do that in my games anyway. So that's just uh, game master advice. Remember, it's not about you anymore. It's about them. No, it's about everybody. Nope. It's about nope. It's about if I'm, if I'm not having fun, it will show. It, it's going to affect the game yep. whether you're paying me or not. Mm -hmm. It's there, going to affect your gameplay if I'm not having fun. This person is is arguing that you should become a wage slave. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. you're paying me, so I'll do whatever yeah. the hell you tell me to do. Well, right. some of these are are things that people say on Twitter and so forth as well. It's like it's not just about the game master, and every game master who's ever run a game knows that. Because if I run a game everybody hates, nobody shows up. That is the only litmus test that That's you it. need. There is no other litmus test. There is nothing for you to tell me. Don't kill characters because you're wrong. There's nothing to tell me that I have to incorporate this into my game. I have to care about what your name tag says for your genders. What I ha can't use this word. I can't say Oriental. I can't say uh, uh, what's the new one that they just said you're not allowed. Squaw. Not allowed to say squaw anymore. Screw you, Biden. I'm gonna say squall. I want. Um, wait, wait, wait. Squaw or yeah. squall? Squaw, as in a reference to Native American women. It's. It isn't it also a. A communications reference like an like an old communications like a cb and walkie-talkie reference that's squawking well oh, okay got it All right. sorry oh, oh squelch oh, squelch squelch for, yeah, for, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay yeah for for the knob yeah um but anyway uh this is why it's important to understand the kind of game experience players are wanting or the okay see now i'm getting in that english correcting mode game uh, game experience that players want before you say that you'll dm Okay, now um, stop, stop again. Again, this is stupid because they're the ones paying you. They're going to ask you these questions. You're going to answer them. And then they're going to decide whether they're paying you or not. The moment they give you money, they bought your service, not their expectation of your service. But but to be fair, this is just Sess and Giro stuff anyway. Yeah, that's... This is, so, I mean, there's nothing new about this. Uh, no. If you prefer tactical combat games and players want more narrative RP folks, well, then you're not hiring me. Yeah, uh, they've seen a critical role because I'm I'm definitely more on the narrative side. Uh, you need to decide if that's something that you could run well or not. I Again, couldn't just be up front and yeah. they won't pay you. All right. Don't burn yourself out. Blah, blah, blah. Be a realist about how many games you have room for in the week. Good number of sessions. Don't tell me how many games to play. Furthermore, understanding turning hobby source income because you feel burned out. Sure. Uh, separate work from pleasure. Not every game that you DM should be paid. What? Well, now well you're confusing I'm a professional me. DM now. Yeah. Every game I DM, I get paid. You can suck it, chump. <laughs> there's nothing wrong. I'm glad he validated that there's nothing wrong just enjoying game with friends. Heathen Dog, I'm running a game tonight. Give me 20 bucks because I want to play something. <laughs> like what? Uh, think of a bartender. No, I'm not thinking of a bartender. Player personality. Does a DM. They don't understand that once you take pay, it is now work. Yeah. You can't well, separate it. 
you're taking when you're getting paid to do something, it is no longer playtime. Yeah, that is true. You're on the clock. I do want to uh, to yell at Heathen Dog about one thing. I wish you would have told me this article was this long. I didn't realize it was this long. Well, you didn't ask. That's <laughs> fair. Okay. Um, you're going to encounter all, all kinds of personalities. Okay, whatever. You almost certainly encounter some personality types that aren't exactly your ideal player, but you have a paid obligation to provide this person with a great D&D experience. No, I have a, I have the obligation to provide this person with my D&D experience. If no. you don't like it, go to a different table. Pay somebody hang else. On, hang on. No, you have you, see this is this is the Oh cool my god, thing. the next sentence. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're we're, we're staying on this. Come come back to me. Come back to me. I can't. I can't once okay. it can't be unseen. If there is a player at your game who is disruptive, who's a dick and you don't want there, you either ask him to leave and give him the money back for that day or you suffer him on until the game day is over and you ask him no not to return i will no longer accept your money therefore i will not give you an experience and if everyone <laughs> doesn't like that then fine but if he's being a, a real dick about it i don't think anyone's gonna bitch just give him his money back and tell him to go about his way that's easy enough so i disagree with this and here's why i disagree i'm moving on why i disagree with this because literally part of playing the game is the game master experience as well and whether the pay the player is paying me or not the player needs to understand that i'm the game master this is my world now it is important through the session zero it is important even with your group that you've been playing with for 40 years to sit there and understand the type of game that they want or that you talk about so on and so forth some people can just riff right into a game some people have to have some structure and they say this is how we're going to set it up doesn't matter but in every one of those the game master is in charge actually you know what uh to to uh to example that okay whenever you speak of a game you've played i bet you 99 times out of 10 you'll say heathen dogs mage campaign or heathen dogs rifts campaign or or garthon's palladium campaign or max's tmnt campaign not that tmnt campaign that max ran it's always the game master's game yeah yeah so i yeah the, the game master is part of the game and as a matter of fact, has ownership of the world at that time. You got to live with that as a player. So is it wrong to charge? Uh, there's nothing. He says there's nothing wrong with charging your service as long as you're doing no. it as a professional, actually bringing value to whatever group has hired you. But again, you know what value you're bringing? They couldn't find a dungeon master. Yeah. <laughs> or, you, or you're teaching them how to play the game. So no matter what, you've already yeah. brought value. Yeah, you've already brought value. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take it seriously. Well, you know, because because having fun is serious business. Uh, all right. My two said, oh, he's got two copper to throw in here. With all that said, much of the power of D&D is that it's ultimately a social game that makes a great way to make friends. Not if you're getting paid. You're not my friend if you're paying me. Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. Uh, you're just a client. Yep. <laughs> if, 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 well, if, if you were dying in a ditch that... somewhere, I wouldn't waste the gas. I'd drive away. No, but being a client in, in a lot of respects makes you more important. In the moment, uh, yeah. Because yeah, I, I want that funnel of money to still come. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The sad truth, they're pretty much the only one that their clients. It says right there. Okay. Hey, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's one thing to ask for everyone throwing pizza or whatever. When you start bringing money to the game table, I think it kind of puts a ceiling on what your games can be, blah, blah, blah. It, it's, uh, it's a no-win situation. Personally, I enjoy my D&D &D games to be as breakaway from reality. Yep. 
Uh, it's an opportunity to escape the real world. Tell oh, escapism, not representation. Wow. Uh, Hashtag RP gate. I like you guy. Uh, tell, just stop ending your sentences with with. Um, tell an unforgettable story with friends, uh, new and old, and enjoy the world's greatest role playing game. I'm Wait a I'm, I'm feeling a butt coming. Wait, the world's greatest role playing game. So he's what game is that? D and D. He's been referencing D and D so much. That's no, what he means. No, which but is he, wrong. But, but he said the world's greatest role playing game. So I want to know what he's talking about now. Talking about D and D. No, that this does not line up with D and D. That, no, but he's talking about D and D. Well, then he had yeah. a big mistake right here. Yes, <laughs> I've been I've been paid as a DM before, but honestly, it just felt weird. Yep. Realistically, and blah blah blah. Conclusion: Dungeon masters are an integral part of the game experience. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you have a passion sure. for running games, it might be worth considering a side hustle. Just be mindful of risk and obligation. Literally, no risk. It's just like uh, no just like safety tools and so on and so forth. There's literally no risk at the game. Worst thing that happens is I pick up my dice and my books and I go home. That's it. And you know what? Uh, if 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 we had a if we had a session zero where I told you about the world, how I run a game, and the rules we're using, and you said yes, and you leave after the first day and say you suck, I want my I want my money back. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, no. You already paid. You paid for services rendered. Exactly. You didn't have to, I, I didn't have. You want you paid for a service. I gave the service. You didn't like it. I don't care. Right. So, no so risk. I got to tell you that from that article, my take on pay paying for a DM has not changed at all. Not one, one iota. Mm -hmm. And here's, I'm going to say it. I've said it in other streams before, but now that we're specifically talking about it, I'll say it again. I would love to get paid to be a DM, but it would weird me out. Like to the point of like, I would actually put undue pressure on myself to make sure like, oh my God, this has to be fun or it isn't going to work. And I don't want that. Like I could get paid for it, but I, I just don't want that. I, and I'm not saying you would do it to me or you would do it to me or you would do it to me. I'm saying I would do it to myself. I would just add that pressure onto me because the way he wrote is kind of how I would think, even though it's not necessarily accurate. How where, you would write it? Yeah. Well, it's, not, well, yeah. it's also not, not how I would. I, he, he wrote the way I, I don't believe, but how I would act. Does that make sense? In, in terms of like, I would put that pressure on myself, even though there's no reason to, because they're asking for your experience, like we talked about. Right. I would... I would start thinking like, okay, what do they want? Because they're giving me $10 an hour. There's six people. I'm getting 60 bucks an hour for this. Um, what is it that they want out of the game? Where normally, while some of that's always involved in the game, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have, it doesn't have that pressure, that connotation behind it. If Heathdog says to me, your session sucked, I'd be like, eh, we'll have a better one next week. If one of those guys said, your session sucked, you're fired, <laughs> you know, or your session sucked, you better do better next week or you're fired. You, you see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a little different because I still want to get my campaign out, money or not. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. I'm done. Okay. Bloodworth, what do you got? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much, you know, on you know, unconvinced that I, I would ever charge, you know, based on that article, there was nothing in that article that convinced me that that would be a good idea. Um, even though, you know, like, to be fair, the, the person was, you know, fairly balanced. They pointed out both positives and negatives of it, but, yeah. um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm really unclear as to what their conclusion was because their conclusion wasn't, oh, I would like, I've done it in the past, but I felt weird about it. Um, and that's where we started from, right? We, yeah. I, I think all three of us started with, it's kind of weird, you know, uh, and you kind of left with that same thing. So it was, uh, it was a long article to basically bring you to where most of us were in the first paragraph. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a roundabout way 
to uh, tell us <laughs> nothing we already knew. Right. Yeah. It was like, a... yeah, very roundabout. He had chapter links, everything. So, you know, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, for, for the big companies, yeah, they would get paid because they'd get sent there for the little companies. They were just doing it for advertising for their own stuff. But yeah. I, well, yeah. And, and uh, if, if you run a certain number of hours at Gen Con, you get free tickets. And yeah, uh, you if you run a certain number of hours, you, you, sure get, you get not only free tickets, but also also a, a subsidized or free uh, hotel. You know, you're being paid kind yeah. of. Yeah, that's it. That's if you are. That's if you being there is going to sell tickets. Right. You know, so it's it, you, they're paying you for your your persona that they feel will bring more players to right. the to the thing that's why like i've i've been paid like or compensated you know at various virtual you know virtual cons um uh gary con i didn't have to pay for which once you ran uh you know once you started running games you no longer had to pay for the access to gary con um same thing with kobold or or rising yeah, that's Phoenix, common. or any yeah. of those um total con almost all of them um you you have no ticket cost uh if you're running games you right. know and and some of them would throw in a free t-shirt if you did up to i think like eight hours you would get a free t-shirt or something like that so that was really just yep. two sessions and you're getting a free t-shirt so yeah, baron uh, g rock got his little gay looking hat with his little rainbow colors and everything on it yeah so <laughs> i mean that's a normal compensation that i think is you know that is kind of uniform across the hobby. Um, like I said, you know, earlier, if if I'm paying for roll 20 and my players said, hey, you know what? Well, you know, that's costing you $15 or $19 a month or whatever it is. I, I forget what it actually is. Um, then they could say, you know, I, here's a couple of bucks to help cover the cost of that. Um, that's That's the most that I would do. Or the most I would yeah. accept is just offset the cost. The, the entire concept to me is weird. I'm not against it though. If people want to make money and that's a way to make money, yeah. um, yeah. you know, especially you know, it's not like I'm going to jump on in there and be like, "I'll do it for free" because I'm, you know. But I mean, now if I were to run one for free, you know, and people are like, "Hmm, we could get the guy for free, or we could pay." I mean, now I guess if that person has a track record, they really like him. But you know, I, I would always yeah. go with the free one. Let's try the free guy first. <laughs> but uh, I. I I would never pay ten. As much as I like gaming, I would never pay ten dollars an hour for somebody it's to a the, session. It's actually set a session. Oh, did it say a session? Okay. Yeah. Ten to uh, $50 okay. Well, he said ten to twenty, but yeah, I still wouldn't. Session. I still wouldn't do that. So let me ask you a question: Is there any dungeon master or game master out there that you would pay for? No. And people have mentioned some of the old, the old, the old names of like you know. Oh, if I could just get one chance to sit at a table with uh with a uh, um Frank Metzger or whatever. No, I wouldn't pay. I'm not saying he's not worth the time. I mean, he's a professional, but that I'm not going to pay to play a game. That's just the way it's you know. Okay. I, I I mean, you could argue that you do that when you go to Gen Con and so forth. I, I find that to be different. Uh, I wouldn't pay extra any differently than I would pay for a, a Metzger table as I would a DM Bloodworth table. I just, uh, 
I wouldn't. I I don't want people to pay to be at my table because I want them to feel obligated to be there, especially if I don't want them there. <laughs> you know, like to me, it's it's a hobby. It's a game. Now, do we bring pizza for the game master? Yes. Um, not every session necessarily, but yeah, absolutely. We did stuff like that. Heathen Dog had a whole wall locker full of uh, Mountain Dew. Uh, you know, sure. There there are things we do, but that's because we're social creatures. We're friends and so forth. That mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the fact that uh, oh, I got to pay my DM because we used to also go to gaming stores. Who the hell? Like we all wanted to go there to play a game, so we would just would go. But I have to tell Camarian, I'm I'm a right to work game master, so uh, I didn't join the union. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the local. I'm not in the local D4 D20. Actually, you know what? That's a good way to sell sell T-shirts. What? Apprentice game master. Mm-hmm. I I charge five to ten dollars an hour. No, no, uh, f- five to ten dollars per session. Journeyman game master. I charge ten to twenty dollars per session. <laughs> and uh, master game. No, no, you, you can't say master game master. But that's what it, that's what the title is, though. I know that's what the title would be, but it, it sounds dumb. But yeah, I, I charge I, twenty to fifty dollars. That's per that's session. that's Gary Gygax's. Uh, you know that that's that is true. Thing. You're right. Uh, Yep, Master Game. game yep. A video series on it. It was the Master Game Master. Yep. You know, and then okay, there's a Grand Master Game Master. <laughs> Grandmaster Game Master. <laughs> it just yeah. sounds bad. But yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I am the t-shirts. Three t-shirts. There it is. Boom. There's your certification right there. Well, well, we're still in segment two. I mean, uh, uh, chat really isn't moving that quickly on this. I don't think people care too much about this topic. I think we've kind of uh, beat it to death. So I'm going to put DM Bloodworth's uh, chat in, or uh, sorry, his uh, YouTube channel in the chat there. And uh, anything you want to say about your YouTube channel? I, you, I see you got another AD&D session on there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I put up an uh, AD&D session. And then that that first, uh, you know, Master of the uh, of the game. I just redid the video for for that one with uh, hopefully better sound quality. So, um, okay. so I'm I have not watched that. either of them yet. So, what's what's right, different well, about that book from the one that I have? Because I have the his uh, role playing mastery book. The role playing mastery book was kind of like the primer to this. So that was teaching you how to okay. be a, a player, and then okay. this one here is telling you the the different uh, techniques and such that you should have as a game master um but then he he goes on and he qualifies you know that there are different levels of uh mastery that uh but, but he starts off with the you know your basic game master is a master of the table and, and that's how he looks at master uh is you are the master of the table there are certain things that um you know that come to you know that come with that title and the roles, certain roles that you play uh, is, is something that only you have. You know, and, and he got into the one portion where he was talking about even the game designer or the author of the game does not trump your role as the, you know, the primary mover at your table. You know, okay, so number, it, one, like, number one, I agree with everything you said. Number two, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have said it on our stream because now we just got demonetized. Why? What? Because because he, he just took away some player agency. And I get flack for that. I'm giving him flack for that. Oh. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it really was, you know, the game master is the the ultimate authority at the table above all else. All right. Yes. Oh God, you're going to get death threats now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> throw, throw, wait, do, no. do you have a Twitter? Th throw it up so, so people can respond. See how it likes it. Oh, yeah, I, I have Twitter. <laughs> Well, they've, they've been trying to cancel uh, Gygax on Twitter forever. So. It's, I, but it's not just him. It's yeah. Tim Cast. It's it, Tim Cask. It's, uh, I mean, it's all the old school people have been saying the same thing. It's the Game Master's table. But every Game Master knew, like I said just a few minutes ago, that uh, if everybody hates you, you're not going to be running a game because nobody's going to show up. May as well just get one of those uh, choose your own adventures or, or what they call them now, uh, single player uh, games. Which we've got to we've got to cover a single player game sometime because I still don't get even that concept, um, but uh, yeah, I mean because nobody's going to show up. Solitaire, the RPG. I've been, seeing some, I've been seeing some. Yeah, I've been seeing some uh, some comments and and I've been watching the videos where you know some people are arguing that D and D, I guess fifth edition D and D, is just Skyrim in book form. You know, so I'm really curious to actually listen to one of those and see you know, where they're actually going with it. But uh, yeah, but uh, maybe that's that's the, the kind of experience that players are looking for. They're trying to recreate what they feel when they're playing Skyrim, but Skyrim is a single player role-playing game. Completely open world, you can do whatever you want. And if that's what they're looking for at a tabletop uh, role-playing game session, they're, they're not gonna find that either. So it's a weird thing, but I really wanna look into it. Uh, who cares what yeah. Twitter thinks? P people who have a YouTube channel. That's pretty much it. No, I, I don't care, actually. So um, Okay, p p people, people who, yeah. who care about growing their YouTube channel. Yeah, it's, it's, it it's twatter. There it is. It's twatter. No, Skyrim is a video game. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it it's a, it's a single-player role-playing game. You are playing yeah. a role. Yeah. With lots of sloop mods. Well, that, that's one of the things that I've, I've been seeing recently. People debating what the term role-playing and what role-player means now. It's like, stop it. The term hasn't changed. You just want to nuance it. I go. I always go back to the same analogy. It's like the weirdos who want to say, well, that's not actually metal. That's progressive symphonic metal. I listen to metal core <laughs> metal, which is like, shut the fuck up. If it's, got high, if it's got heavy riffs and people either screaming or even singing, it's metal. Come on. Stop, stop trying with all these dumb little nuances because you want to be uh, a unique snowflake and individual. And I find that in the bro SR just as much as I find that in the SJW side. Uh, it's like, well, you're not doing it right because you didn't do this one perfect thing. That's not what role-playing actually meant. Well, well, guess what? I've been playing for 40 years, uh, 38 years. Um, yeah, that's what role-playing means. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. The, the bro SR would not like reading uh, Gary Gygax is the master of the game because he blows all of that stuff out of the water. I mean, just right. Well, it's funny because I get accused of worshiping at the at the altar of Gygax, but I don't play like him at all. Um, then I get accused of you, Gary Gygax did these things and you need to listen. Like, no, I don't have to. I take that under advisement like everything else. I don't care yeah. if Heathen Dog writes a game. No, let me use an example. I've written one module that uh, that's for sale. I, I don't ever talk about it because I'm waiting to rewrite some of it um, and then submit it when I finish my other crap. But uh, Crafty played it and he didn't play it right. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I mean, the the way he went through it, and and uh, you know, with with him and his family, his daughters, uh, that isn't you know, to me, that isn't what was supposed to happen. As you envisioned it. But you know what? But 
He owns it. He's got it. They had fun. He played it right. I don't care. So guess what? Take the credit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but no, no. But the, but that's that's the point that I'm saying. You're not going to play it exactly as intended. As I've talked about running modules in the past, where I struggle with modules because I do try to do that. It's like, no, it's got to be exactly as it's written in here, knowing full well it doesn't. But my brain still says, no, you got to do it. You know, set that little fight. No, you don't. I've I, I've got three. You know, what was it that guy that came on here and said that his character stats were a, a, a sixteen plus a D two? Like what? You know. Uh, <laughs> You know, if that's how you want to play, that's how you play. There's nothing wrong with it. And if anybody comes to you and says that you're wrong, tell that person go fuck himself, put his head underwater three times and cut it twice because no, nobody gets to tell you how to play. The only time it matters is maybe at conventions or in tournament play, or if as long as, like I said, uh, I think to OGGM today, just don't lie to people about your game. If you say, I'm running uh, Marvel superhero, face rip superheroes, and then you come out with Star Wars D20. Well, well, what we're going to do is we're going to play Marvel, um, but uh, we're going to use the Star Wars rules. Well, you should have said that. You should have clarified that. In that case, yeah, I would say you're playing wrong. But outside of that, no, you're not playing wrong, and nobody gets to tell you otherwise. And if they think they do, that person is too big for his own britches and probably needs to have his legs run over by a car. Don't want to kill him, hey, but hey, keep thinking hey. about it. Or be fired. Or be fired. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah you never play as intended i i keep saying this crap and uh, it doesn't fucking mean anything to me somebody else came up with that too and i don't i don't even whatever Ancient oh grid. that reminds me player agency taken to the extreme uh, players your favorite word hold on to that player agency is taken to the extreme now to the point that they don't want to play a game they don't want to take turns talking about their mary sister i got a game for him i've got a game for him uh go ahead and tell your thing heathen dog okay. i've got to grab this uh everyone who's watching right now max liao is going to get a christmas present uh-oh i don't He's want to get a christmas present and he has to open it on stream with me there he has to announce it on discord and twitter the day before it goes live you, you, you tell me what to do in my own business no yes <laughs> yes i am because i can stop this present from coming to you Okay, I, I I won't miss what I never had. <laughs> no, no, no. But you have the option of getting something for free, oh, and fair. you're a human being, which means you want it. Mm, fair. <laughs> so, uh, so this is that's what that's what's gonna happen. All right, he's gonna get a present. He has to open it on stream. We all get to enjoy it with him. It's Christmas spirit. Everyone gets to have fun. Why do I feel like everyone except for me? Nope, you'll have fun too. Okay. you'll have a different kind of fun you'll have a different kind of fun but it'll be a fun it'll, it'll be fun it's nice but for ancient grim i wanted to put this so this game is literally an improv game i didn't know that before i bought it years ago it actually has character uh, players taking t uh, turns as the game master so as i'm talking about what i'm doing i'm not good at improv but uh you know and yes and i'm gonna climb out of the spaceship and this happens and whatever the hell else happens you improv up until a stopping point then all of a sudden dm bloodworth takes over yes and so yes you climbed out of your spaceship and then the sun rays came down you started to get radiation poisoning and then heathen dog takes over now it's not that quick but that's that's how it works this is that's absolutely the rules of this game that's why it never comes off my shelf because i won't play a game like that and i so wanted to because i love this art style and i love the concept let's just see some art come on 
tell me that isn't cool 1940s 1950s sci-fi ray gun art oh yeah that, that that's a buck rogers villain right there yeah oh here we go now this is a robot for you oh yes danger will robinson right it that's would, i it would be interesting. yeah it would be interesting to have it and to read it just to see you know in, a, in an academic way you know how different games are constructed and such, but but right. as far as running it, it's that's a whole different ballpark. Well, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, you're not like running it. Everyone is running it. Everyone yeah, has it, a turn. I agree with this. <laughs> In the Christmas spirit. Na 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 na. If it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's a duck. If it looks like D&D and plays like D&D, it's D&D. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, I guess we go into, yeah, that's it for segment two. Let's, let's uh, finish up segment two here with our things that we like to finish up segment two with. Hey, we have a giveaway. 2,000 subscribers. Help us get to 3,000 subscribers. Like, share. Share, 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 share. YouTube hates us, plus it's always the best. It doesn't matter, even not us. Your, your small channels, your small creators that you really enjoy, share their things. That's, mm -hmm. that's what you got to do. That's, that's number one. I mean, watch time is actually number one. So watch their things, too. Even if you go away and fall asleep, just let it play in the background. Turn the volume down. Do what you got to do. But... Uh, uh, it, that's that's how we get to three thousand subs. That's how this stuff gets uh, promoted. You can find us on these sites if uh, you can pause it, or you can pause that. Discord is by far the best way uh, way to talk to us and the community. Discord has been so, I haven't been talking as much, but Discord has been uh, has been moving a bit faster. I like it. Yep. But remember, if you want to charge for your services, soon Max will have the the the, the certification shirts on Redbubble. <laughs> Apprentice, journeyman, and master, dungeon master. So you'll be able to charge for your services legally. And you can duck yourself, Bill, first. And that's the end of segment two. All right. <laughs> All right, segment three. Let's, uh, let's get that public invite out there. I can copy that and put it out. Do you want to talk about what has to happen in segment three? Well, I'll go put the banners up. But the, where we got? Yeah. Where are we? There we I'm gonna go. I'm going to step away for a minute. Okay. All right, remember, if you want to join us, just follow or subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, Twitch, hit hit the hit the I'm I'm cool with you free button. Don't be a dick. Stay on topic. And the topics today are uh Castles, Castles uh, Crusades, uh eighth printing, um uh character creation and equipment, and anything to do with being a professional game master. And be quick. Get your question in. Use as little words as possible. Like the Iron Maiden song. Be quick or be dead. Exactly. There may or may not be a prize for the most concise question. And watch your language. If, if, if Max says something wrong and gets us kicked off, well, we can all laugh at him. It's on him. If you say something wrong that, that get, gets us kicked off a platform, it's going to be on you. I'm not saying we're going to do anything to you. I'm just saying we're going to do something to you. No, but no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it at all. I'm just saying something's going to happen. <laughs> Are we ready? Oh, look, look who's here. Never would have thunk. What's going on, Mark? Uh, hi. 
Oh, turn him well, up. Hey, you need to sound more excited. Come, come back out. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kicking you out, and you're going to come back in more excited. Hey, Mar Hawkman, how are you doing today? Hello. Now you sound like the the lady from uh, um, uh, Rick and Morty, where the the worlds were about to end, and he was trying to get laid. That's all she did the entire episode. Hello. I have no idea what you're talking about. Sorry. You need to watch oh, more you Rick, and watch Morty. Rick and Morty. You should. It's fun. Anyway, though, um, <laughs> one of the things with, with character creation that that I, I I went to see what you guys think was that have you guys ever actually attempted to play a game where you fully randomized uh, everything with the characters? What do you mean? Like, like how do you mean? Well, like. Uh, uh, for the uh, basic fantasy game, it actually has a, uh, a supplemental rule book oh, oh, for oh. Um, you can literally just roll dice and uh, use that to yep. create your character. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have. I have seen that. I have. I've never done it myself. That's true. Because uh, I. The the only time where where I give a player that dreaded word of agency is in creating their character. If they want to roll on the random table be, because they, they want to get outside their wheelhouse, I'm never going to stop them. I'll be like, yeah, sure. Sounds like fun. Let's do it. You know, but uh, if, if they want to have control of their creation process, as long as it fits in the framework of my world, go at it, man. Do it all. Your, do, do it all yourself. That's cool. But I'm never going to stop someone. But to answer your question, no, I have never done that. Because I don't know, I have never met a player who would agree to a hundred percent random character generation. Hmm. I've never met a player I, to agree with that. I think I have. Well, in, in our game, that wasn't actually a rule. It, it was just something that someone that the the guy who was acting as the DM mentioned that it existed, and several of us who didn't have particularly good ideas for what we wanted the character to be are like, okay, fine, we'll just roll dice. Okay. No, no, but for making uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle characters, they have I, complete random stuff for that. Yeah, I want to say that uh, that I have done that. I, I don't know because I can usually find instances like, oh crap, uh, no, there I let them do this or or whatever. But for uh, yeah, you, animal types, I'm usually pretty picky that you have to roll your animal type because I don't ever want everybody playing a fucking weasel. <laughs> Because that's what they'll do. They'll just, everybody be like, oh, weasels, look at that. You know, no, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't play a weasel even if it was OP just because it's a goddamn weasel. Well, well yeah. I, I, another fun thing with this one is that as part of that randomization, as a way of streamlining rolling character stats, it actually has a stats table in there where you roll a D20 and it gives you one of 20 different uh, pre-rolled stat blocks for your character. Well, that's I'll, different. I haven't seen that one before. That that sounds that sounds interesting. Uh, well, well, here's the thing though: is that if you do the uh, six three uh, d six system of rolling stats for characters, the average per uh, uh, stat block, if you just like do a, a, a an unmodified roll, is actually sixty three. And this chart has character stats of sixty nine for the uh, stat totals, so it's not actually a particularly high power. And if you just do the regular version, you're probably going to end up with a character with higher stats, but whatever it's quick and easy. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like I said, uh, complete randomness. I've never done it. 
mainly because I don't, I, I haven't played with a player who wanted to do it. They always wanted to, you know, have some of their backstory or, or some other thing be created by them. And I get it. Well, 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 well but, this is one of those things where it, it, it may be a paint by numbers version of, of writing a character backstory, but it doesn't actually fill in all the blanks for you. Well, uh, actually Max, Max has a book for, for, for creating a character completely paint by numbers. Every single aspect of the character is done and there's a chart you can randomly roll. So you have to read Well, one for here. So it's, uh, so this is central casting books, one for uh, Heroes yeah. of Legend, one for Heroes of Today, and one for Heroes of the Future, whatever the hell it's yeah, called. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so, but I have never been in a game or run a game where everything was randomized like that. I haven't. Well, well I, and, and, I, I can understand the appeal. And in this one, it's not actually everything. Not all of the, the players did that. And I'm probably the only one who actually went through the entirety of the ro rolling random stuff. Uh, dice for your character's background attributes hmm. which went in a bizarre direction because in that game apparently if you actually do go through the process of rolling dice for a random character background your character can start at level one with a healing spell that you wouldn't normally have just well yeah but that. you know <laughs> you could also en end up end up with a with a character whose whose background has no correlation with your core concept when you started making the character and that that that's the problem that a lot of players will have like i said i'm against player agency during the game but in your in your character creation i am for your agency as long as it fits in the world i've created you can make your the background of your character and and the the formation of your character however you like oh, and that's yeah, fine in my case, I just didn't have have any ideas there, so like, okay, oh, okay, well. then yeah. But if if a player were to choose to be completely random, I'm not going to stop them. Mm. I, the the only thing of all of that that I do is I don't let players roll differently. Everybody creates the character the same way, and because otherwise, mm -hmm. I, uh, as much as I hate point by, if everybody's rolling three d six, everybody's rolling three d six. Is there if everybody's just doing a random? crap dart or crap crap shot let's see what happens here and you know rolls that out there then everybody's going to do that i'm not going to have one person rolling completely randomly the other person picking everything um because then that just yeah that just starts it causes problems uh, down the road but i i have fun with it and again any i keep thinking about teenage mutant ninja turtles which you know played him somebody mentioned heroes unlimited in chat uh tmnt all types of charts. The only thing that I force people to do in TMNT is I prefer them not to play birds uh, because I will shoot you out of the sky and then you're going to be mad when you fall and take damage and die. Um, the, the other uh, um, and you must pick no looks, full hands, full biped, full full voice. You have to do those things because otherwise it starts to become a problem. First of all, if you're going to make yourself look full human, why are you playing TMNT? And uh, the other parts. I can't carry a gun, so everything requires me to shoot. Well, you should have taken freaking full hands, you know. So yeah. in, instead of dealing with all that stuff, I just make the rule very, uh, very simple. You're playing an anthropomorphic animal, but uh, outside of that, no, you roll your. I mean, I remember the the artwork that I got from Garthon, which isn't on my wall here yet. But uh, an alligator. Nobody wants to play an alligator. An alligator, a tiger, uh, wasn't a weasel. It was sort of like a ferret. I think it was a ferret. Uh, and, and something else i forget anyway so yeah you roll that right. some some part of randomness is fun hmm. i uh some band chance dale what, what is what, not <laughs> what, what, not what, about what, min maxing 
Well, one of the things that, that <laughs> I, I remember seeing someone uh, talk about is that uh, it, when you're doing things that are like hex call and stuff and like where the a DM has a good reason to improvise adding a, a new character to the story as an NPC. I mean, you can literally just do like a random thing to spit out a uh, character when you do it that way, which, you know, when, uh, see the on the fly, I guess it's faster, but you know, it's still long, I guess. So to answer this, um, it wasn't based on the cartoon. It was based on the comic book. And uh, and I also play more after the bomb than modern. So also, it depends on, on which season of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon you look at, because uh, the one where Krang and his Technodrome showed up, uh, that had a whole lot of guns. Again, it's not the cartoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's based on the original black and white. Uh, yeah. But for Turtles murder. The, yeah, exactly. Right. I wish I had those comics. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, we got the link out there. If anybody else wants to pop in, um, or if anybody else wants to say nonsense about TMT, actually, no, we're supposed to say in castles and crusades, uh, for the people who are talking about Rick and Morty, I'll tell you this, the pilot isn't that good, but seasons one, two, and three are awesome. After that turns to crap again. So I, I have not liked seasons four and five. I still think season two is the best by far. Uh, uh but you know, as somebody who does not like pop culture cartoons or TV shows, typically, it took me a few years to even start watching Rick and Morty. But once mm -hmm. I did, I was like, it's actually funny. Actually, uh, if, if you want to see the, the an, an example of good Rick and Morty, go to YouTube, type in Rick and Morty, Rick versus the president. <laughs> that is some funny dialogue. Is that is that, is that the season nine uh, or that the season nine, the season three episode nine? Fight? It's, it's 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 the one at the, at the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny as hell. Oh, uh, so DM Bloodworth, uh, uh, have you ever done the whole random character generation thing? With what system, or just in general? In, in general. In general, yeah. I, I've. I've looked at what, you know, what you would end up with. Um, recently, I was doing that with the um, with the rogues gallery from, uh, you know, TSR rogues gallery in, in creating the, the NPCs that um, my group would, would encounter. And yeah, those were just, you know, just random tables and such. There's, I mean, when I was going through the random uh, tables in, uh, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I was like, you know what, it, it would actually be a lot of fun and actually when I do, a video on character creation there, I am going to go straight up random roles and see whatever I end up with, you know, and 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 then try to work around that. I remember what Max was saying where I, I thought it was an optional rule or it was certainly recommended that uh, all all characters take the usable hands and you know the, those three you, you spend traits. you spend bio you spend yeah. bio points. It's it's yeah. I mean, it might be recommended, but you spend bio points on it. The thing is, is I always get some weirdo who's like, uh, I don't want to do this because uh, I'll take the penalties. And when I first started running TMNT many, many moons ago, okay, that's cool. That's what the game's about. And then what ended up happening is like, I always get a minus two because I can't hold a gun or a minus four and I can't shoot wilds. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You're playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You can't shoot guns and you can't, you got paws. What were you trying to do? They're shooting you at range and you're trying to run up to them and hit them in the face. And it's like, no. So I, I long time, this is back in the nineties. I long before I even met heathen dog. I, I just made that rule. I was like, nope. 
uh, the other thing is, is I like the team aspect of it. If I don't know if they had that in the, fir- the, the first first edition that you've got, because I have revised, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, but you have the team like you would get bonus attributes. Or I think it was attributes, maybe it was skills. Um, if you all sat down and said, OK, uh, we're all going to be birds. We're all going to be turtles. We're all going to be yeah. raccoons. Yeah. We're all going to be like a synergy of the group. Yeah. Um, but and, and to get back to Mahawkman's uh, question, it's a it's a really good exercise in role playing when you have when you when you play with a random character. So it's very much like you know attributes in order three d six, and then see what you qualify mm-hmm. to uh, to play as a character class. I want to be a paladin. Really yeah, it really does force you, you know, to to you know to just go with that random that randomness, and it forces you to role play. You know. Uh, how do you play a, a you know a how do you play a fighter character that has the minimum strength? Nobody likes to play it with a minimum strength, but but there's a role playing aspect to that, you know. So obviously you're not going to focus on you oh, know, sorry. battle X is going to be oh. a primary weapon. You might you might be a fighter that you're going to focus more on uh, you know on archery, uh, for example, because maybe your dexterity is higher. You know, and so you're gonna you're you're still a fighter, but you're going to use a different attribute mm-hmm. as being your primary combat attribute. Uh, so yep. I, I think it's a, I think that randomizing is is a lot of fun too, and yeah, it's important. Yeah, well, what you said there is actually something interesting because the fact that uh, when you look at the uh, basic fantasy uh, random character generation thing, it has you start by rolling stats and choosing a character class and race, and then does the other stuff after that. <laughs> Because I guess yes, you know, those are the most important parts. <laughs> Does it well, allow you, you just to roll uh, a? Pa- uh, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I guess my my thing would be then on something like a paladin. Can I just say I want to be a paladin and then roll the stats for it? Because paladins are supposed to be rare, and that's one of the things that I think that a lot of well, game well, masters well, forget. Well, well, that's just it though. Is that all character classes in that game have stat requirements for whether you can be that character class and paladins have one of the highest stat right. requirements. So, so, so you don't mm-hmm. get to pick your class first. You just have to deal with the stats that you're given. Yeah. You, you, oh, you, okay. Then, you, you then roll we're good. stats. Then you choose a character class that is yeah. allowed by those stats. But hang on. Think about it. Think about it. In almost every game you've ever read, what's the first thing you do? Roll stats. Roll stats. Exactly. Yep. So guess what? If you want to start over, like you want to play a paladin, well, you better put in the hours of rolling <laughs> <laughs> and then you can play a paladin. That's great. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm always torn on that one. I, I know you want to show the thing. Uh, just get, let me get these chats up here. I'm always torn on that one because I don't want to tell a person, no, you can't play a paladin. But at the same time, I hate the fact that I want to play a paladin. All right, we got to fudge the stats, figure out how you're going to get that. Okay, you can keep taking two away. All your stats are nines, but you finally got that charisma to be a 17, you know, or or whatever. Hmm. Like, ultimately, yeah, I think you just say no. That's it. That's exactly what I did in my in my case, um, you know, in my group, because, you know, just one player wanted to play a paladin. He was one point short. I was like, listen, just take two from there and put it in there and, you're, and we're done. I wasn't going to go... You know, and, and oh, have a re-roll, re-roll, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't do this in Palladium. I'm sorry. I do. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said it backward. I don't do what, what Ancient Grim says here. I don't do this in D&D. I do this in Palladium, though. 
Because mm. in Palladium, you're not re- you don't really have those kind of weird restrictions like that. So your stats in order, it can be fun oh. to have. You know, there are, I mean, there, there are the minimum physical prowess, minimum strength, minimum fifth. For, but it doesn't for a really cut you. But the, the minimum is very low. And it doesn't really cut you from much. No, okay. Not really, you not can't really. be a specific one, but you can be three other ones that are right next to it. Right, exactly. Anyway, this is what I want to show. Max, uh, oh, Mr. Max, sorry, not you, Mr. Max. Said, yep, second one, he the dog said that you can't be a hero if you're chaotic neutral. What would, what would Conan be? And Crafty responded with, Everyone in Conan would be chaotic. And I'm responding with this. Yeah. I'm saying that Conan would be chaotic good. In Castles and He's Crusades, not. Conan would be chaotic good. Listen to it. Characters of this alignment view the greatest good as being attainable through freedom and individual liberty. Thus, they place primary importance on individuality and liberty of action over that of any law or societal nature. Think of the Conan movies. He was a slave for the first part of his life. Freedom for him would be paramount. He And then for the next part of his life, he was a thief who one day became a king. So he was against the law and then he became the law. But first was freedom. Laws were second. And that is chaotic good because he was always a good guy. I mean, sure, he would kill folk. You know, folk that needed killing, right? But he would never kill good people he would never kill good he would never help evil people knowingly so in castles and crusades he that, that's based on the movies what about what about the books because the books have much the books, more lore yeah. the, the the books have a lot the more books. nuance i'm going with the movies because mo because it, it would be something that more and more people would have be exposed to yeah, you're going to get us a bunch of hate now well, on on uh because <laughs> because people are going to put the books higher yeah uh, uh, no, for, based, okay based Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, stop. I have to make a caveat. For everyone who's going to dislike and comment because I said this. I'm saying (laughs) I'm giving the movies as an example because Mm. it's more ubiquitous. People will understand my reference and therefore understand what I'm trying to say. That's the only reason I'm doing it. Please calm down. I'll even give you some backup. Thank you. (laughs) Instead of the movies, look at the uh, look at the comics, all right, and and not the modern comics. Look at Savage Sword of Conan. He's clearly chaotic neutral. All right, you're right. He he started out in the in, in the comments uh, comics and stuff like that as a slave. Um, that wasn't in the original books, by the way. But um, he'd have no problem keeping slaves. He didn't look at slavery as an institution that was an evil institution. He looked at slavery as being a uh, as being a condition of service uh, for servitude that that was just a circumstance of your own misfortune. So when when he was a when he was a, a pirate along the black coast, uh, they had galley slaves rowing the boats. All right, had no problem with that. So he wasn't he wasn't stealing just from the bad guys. He was stealing from the rich guys. He was, you know, he, he had no problem as a mercenary serving whatever the Lord wished him to serve until he got pissed off and killed the guy. You know what I'm saying? But it was, it, it, it was always, it was always whatever Conan wanted to do at the time. Now, did he have a code? Yes, he had an honor code. You know, he wasn't going to go out of his way and harming a woman, um, 
depending on your definition of harm. All right? I, 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 <laughs> because, I guess he, he was probably also they, someone they, who uh, would, you know, uh, cons consider uh, slaves as uh, people uh, worth worthy of, you know, at least being treated politely as long as they do what they're told. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with I that? Belief was a, yeah, believe his greatest love was a, was a, um, what was a pirate queen that uh, that preyed upon innocent people all the time. All right, he had no problem with uh, with fighting alongside her. It, it, it's just, it's just a, um, he's the quintessential chaotic neutral. No, I mean, if you I, look at. Okay, in, in castles and crusades parlance, he would be true neutral. The well, book Conan would be true neutral. <laughs> they, they no, I got it right here. Look at yeah. neutral characters of this say, broad alignment no, I, typically I, I believe understand. in a balance between law and chaos, between good and evil. Hang on, hang on. Some mm -hmm. seek to maintain existing social institutions, while others simply wish to keep themselves. Some neutral characters disdain the perceptions of other sentient beings, finding that truth lies in nature and animals. The last sentence is what we're going with. Others follow mm -hmm. their own code, which changes with the situation, tending to favor those that benefit them the most. Conan was a pirate. Conan was a mercenary. Conan would have followed laws, break laws, as long as it benefited him. And he didn't care about mm -hmm. slavery. He didn't care about other people's freedom. He only did this last sentence. Changes his his code changes with the situation, tending to favor him. Oh, oh, this is those, why I hate alignment arguments. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, in, in D and D, it'd be different. I'm using a castles and crusade as a lens through to see this through. Because uh, also, that's what we're talking about. Um, there's there's a big difference between having a slave and beating your slaves. But when no, you look no, at it from from a no, moral, standpoint. I think that's the definition. If I got slaves, I got to beat them a couple times. How are they going to know who's boss? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you have slaves yeah, okay. and, and you don't sometimes make examples out of them, they're just going to walk away. Yeah. Well, I, I, meant, I meant like 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 beating them for the fun of it, so that sort of thing. Well, no, you're a businessman. Slaves, <laughs> if if you own slaves, and 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 you beat them for fun, you're not a slave owner. You're a sadist. True, yeah. but you know, yeah. If you're a slave owner, is a businessman. Come on now. Uh, anyway, mm. so, you know, from now on, even when I'm running Dungeons and Dragons, I'm just using the Palladium alignment system. <laughs> there you go. That's fine. From, from now on, because I still want my ego weapons that that oh, uh, that change uh, characters' alignments. Sh sh Shadzar thinks we we should uh, talk about the uh, distinction between uh, uh, the, having sliding scale alignments versus. Um, segmented alignments oh sliding scale alignments the best one ever is uh first edition advanced dungeons and dragons uh dragon lance where you can slide into another alignment but the, the only problem with that is it only covers one axis but i do I but I, I i use it i like it as well yeah, but it only covers where, one where, axis. you know your, your actions will change your alignment but not one action one thing is not going to move you completely to a different alignment mm -hmm. You have to have you have to have a, a period of, of consecutive shifts to change your alignment because your alignment is your core belief. And how, how does one change a core belief? A consecutive amount of small shifts will equal a giant change in your core belief over well, time. 
as, and, as, as I phrased it in one of these previous discussions, it's a pattern of behavior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pattern of behavior. Exactly right. I like the white myth as far as the old Republic. All right. The, the, the video game, the, the, the MMO. All right. As you're making your choices and everything, you start to, you start to gain the, the corruption of the dark side and your appearance starts to change. You're able to use only if you turn uh, that option on. <laughs> of course, you're, you're able to use different. At least initially, when it first came out, you were you were the only one that could use the different colors. Uh, yep. You know, certain colors of lightsaber and everything. I'll never forget when I was one of the first pre people on on the server to unlock the the yellow crystal, and everybody's, how'd you get a yellow crystal? How'd you? And I was like, oh, you just have to make certain choices. You just you know. Mix and match and get a couple, you know, do a couple dark sided choices in there, and you will all of a sudden unlock being able to do a yellow crystal. And it was fun because then you could play, you know, they, they call them different names, but like a gray Jedi was it was kind of like what I was shooting for, you know, kind of just slightly on the dark side edge, you know, of choices throughout the game. And, um, and so, that's so, why, so I mean, the uh, so, so, so you're one of the people like the uh, uh, Night Sisters of Dathomir, whose actual like uh, philosophy towards the Force is light side, dark side. They both suck. We're, we're just going to do things our way. No, I, actually, I, I I always liked the Sith code. I love the Sith code. You know, I thought the Sith code was 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 a a better code. Okay, are um, we in the field? Are we in left field now? Yeah, we are. <laughs> so okay. well, we we're talking about alignment, and well. And well, we're talking about RPGs and stuff. Well, yeah. Castles are castles and crusade, <laughs> and <laughs> being a paid DM. That's what we're talking about. Let's keep it real, people. Uh, that's why the alignment thing. I circled back to castles of crusade. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's that's why I usually describe myself as being chaotic neutral because I do what the fuck <laughs> I want. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Mm. Castles of crusades. I put, the, I put the link out twice. If anybody in chat wants to jump in, let me know, or I'm not putting the link out again. I think we're getting ready to uh, shut this Wrap down because this is uh, we spent uh, we're at four thirty here my time. So, so that that sorry, he's got a cough. That does uh, castles and crusades have a, a a system set up for doing random character generation? I don't remember if we no went, went there. no it doesn't. And we 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 did character generation uh, today. Uh, and the last weeks we did class oh, it does. And it, well 3d6 <laughs> you're talking well, about just for that, your attributes though. it has yeah. the, but for everything else no no it, it it doesn't have a fully random option no which i which i agree with and and uh as a general rule it is completely acceptable not to have a random option get give your uh, always have your your players choose their race and class as as long as they have the attributes for it you uh, as uh, this this game believes as a game master you should not you know throw fiat at them like this or randomness and i get it i understand for some games it works for some games it doesn't for this game the creator decided you know what doesn't work didn't even give the option yeah and and in, in my case uh that that was just because we thought it would be fun yeah and that's <laughs> that's fine too i mean you know if, if you want hey you buy the book guess what you own the book Okay, this 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 is not yeah. some right to repair nonsense or or John Deere, you know, uh, uh, OS, you know, you you can't touch it bullshit. You buy the book, you can change the book. You can actually write in the book. 
you can cross out lines and write your own stuff. <laughs> it's completely fine. And, and, the, and the company can't sue you. So if you want to make a completely random character in Castles and Crusade 8th printing, write it up, man, and play and throw it at your characters and say, ha ha, and do that. That's fine. Do it. Cool. You, you, you can actually scrape out the author's name and write your own name in there. Yeah, yeah. And... No, no, or 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 you know by written by whoever and then write again next to it said and then corrected by heathen dog corrected by max yeah there you go see look at that <laughs> watsy <laughs> the watsy game watsy player's handbook not dnd yeah and watsy can't yeah. sue him for that <laughs> i call it watsy's fantasy third edition yep that's what it is yeah, it's, it's funny. Violence solves everything. We are not going no. over. Mm -hmm. oh, you did. You screwed me over. We are, we're we're not going over the Castle Keepers guides here, so we we can't talk about it. La la la. Can't hear you. La la la. Banned. <laughs> banned. I threw it's some players for a loop. Last comment. I threw some players for a loop, uh, including comeliness in my, uh, you know, in my campaign. Did you use it the way it's presented in? Yeah. And like, then, did you use then, it the way it's presented, Oriental Adventures? Yes. Oh, cool. And I told them, and I says, and by the way, it's it's actually going to be, you know, a a, a, a stat that is going to come up from time to time. Uh, so it will be an important stat, you know, in some cases. And they they embraced it because there, there's there's like three player characters in the in the group of nine that are freaking butt ugly. They're like seven, and and they weren't throwaway numbers either. They they were just Happened to be all. Oh, geez, I rolled a seven, a seven. Comeliness. But is it? But isn't you know? comeliness partially configured though as well? Like it's not just rolled. I thought it was configured based on on other well, attributes. Well, 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 the charisma will modify it. So if you're like really likable, like station and and social yeah, status. And, well, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's that involved it's, with it, but. Yeah. yeah, it's it's mimicking real yeah. life. I mean, so, someone someone yeah. who's on the ugly side of normal. You know, but after the more you speak to them, the the more you like them, yeah. they will end up being prettier to you as a result. It happens in real life. They threw it into a game. I get it. That's fine. And after three beers, they gain an extra point of and after <laughs> And after three beers, you know, you wake up in the morning and go, oh, my God, what happened? You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. After the wake up, they, they, the, the three they gained are gone yeah. and three more are down. <laughs> uh yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to uh, time to head on out of here. I, I, the only thing I was going to say is like, as always, I have to remind people: five d six, re-roll the highest, or get, I'm sorry, five d six, get rid of the highest, get rid of the lowest. There you go. That, that's that's his way to do it. For, well, for D and D, not for uh, yeah. not yeah. not for Palladium. Four d six, drop the lowest. That's what I do. Place how you like it. That's what uh, no, most I, people do. Yeah. See, I, I don't. That's too high. I, I do five d six, remove the highest and the lowest. I I want that bell what curve. That's option five in the in the, in the yeah. dungeon master. I, I no 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 I I know it's there. I don't like it just because I, that to me makes the numbers too high. I, I I like to see the numbers actually being around ten and a half, so tens and elevens. Hmm. I'm gonna keep trying talking. To bring, I'm trying to bring <laughs> us back on point. <laughs> Hit it. All right. Um, so I guess, uh, yeah, with that, uh, I'm going to uh, let DM Bloodworth and Mark Hawkman go. We showed off uh, DM Bloodworth's site. Uh, thank you very much, sir, for being here. Uh, anything quick you have upcoming that we should know about? Uh, just game tomorrow and then uh, 
next week we're taking off, uh, you know, quite a few things. So um, I have nothing going on next weekend. You know, but the holidays coming along. Holiday, so holiday weekend. Yeah. I wish everybody out there uh, in the United States enjoy your uh, Thanksgiving. I think Canadians are Canadians uh, already had it. I think they already uh, had it. Yeah. Or like two well, they can be They're thankful not. again that we're down here, down yeah. south of them, because they need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't for us, they'd be speaking Mexican. Mexican. So, yeah. So I will. Um, but but everyone enjoy your holidays. Uh, safe traveling uh, because uh, the roads are crazy. I mean, roads are absolutely crazy. So many people on the roads that just forgot how to drive. Um, so, uh, so be safe and uh, and and keep on gaming right up until Wednesday night. Cool. Well, well I, I plan on making up some of those days with streams. So, uh, yeah, I'm still streaming. Yeah, Mark Hawkman, you got anything to say to the nice folks out there? Uh, no, I think that's good enough for now. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you right, both for coming. People. Really appreciate. It. All right, have a good night, everyone. You too. All right, let's uh, pop and oh, you got <laughs> beat you. All right, well, with that, let's go through our proclivities, and I think we call it a day. Uh, Sorry about all the problems during segment one with my computer stuff. Uh, you don't want to know what I may have done to fix it. I think it was the same thing I did last time, too. Did you pee on it? Yes, that fixes everything. That's what I thought. Want to thank all of our backers, the people who gave us some super chats and uh, the donation we got today. That was awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, our locals, backers, our YouTube members, and super chatters, Twitch subscribers, and cheers and bits and whatever they call them. Oh my! All the viewers who watch, follow, subscribe, chat, and lurk, and of course, you know what? There's always a charity. It's that time of year. Maybe you want to give to charity. The link is should be below. If not, it will be when the video goes. You know, live, live. Should be on some other videos. You can donate to the Wounded Warrior Project. We have our 3,000 subscriber giveaway. Currently, we have five hardcover games to give away. The next couple of items are going to be gift cards of some sort so that we can hit our international uh, viewers because, no, I'm sorry, I'm not shipping an inter uh, a hardcover to uh, somewhere where it's going to cost more than the hardcover's worth. And, Plus, uh, it'll, you'll, you'll have to pay to get it out of customs anyway. So well, you're if you're in the UK, I didn't have to do that in Germany, but they apparently have to do that in the UK. Yeah, they have to do it in the UK. Yeah, it's crazy. And you can follow us on Discord locals and buy our stuff on Redbubble. Remember, uh, didn't we just talk about a shirt on Redbubble? No, well, I, I talked you have to make three new shirts on Redbubble. I do. Where are they? Yep. Apprentice Dungeon Master. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I charge gotcha. this much journeyman dungeon master i charge you this much master dungeon master i charge this much i don't know if i have room for that because they actually max out not so much the number of designs you can have but the number of like little categories you have i actually had to remove some shirts already oh so we'll see um but <laughs> you can also follow us at these fine locations and i will change that city of heroes thing to be the star trek bridge commander uh doohickey uh as soon as i remember and of course we got gatekeepers this week i think it's on tuesday yeah i'm pretty sure it's on tuesday this week i'm not 100 percent certain but i think bruce lombardo is the one that is covering it uh he can let me know and uh friday night just chilling uh friday night chill streams have been doing well this last one was like the worst one uh, maybe because of holiday season i don't know but this last one didn't uh didn't go over all that well for whatever reason people didn't show up so uh i where's my okay oh i did want to mention for those who care uh inappropriate characters tonight uh i don't normally advertise the show uh but i would like uh people to go there check it out of course send 
you know, say Legion Essentia, but you can look it up on YouTube as inappropriate characters. But the, the main topic is going to be DCC. That's right. Your favorite dungeon crawl classics has gone woke. And I want to hear what the guys have to say about DCC going woke. Did it go woke? Did it not go woke? But uh, that's that's disheartening. It's very disheartening. Uh, I don't have any words of wisdom to leave for today, so I'm going to leave that up to Heathen Dog. Will I say thank you in chat and then get ready to uh, outro us out? Okay. Well, uh, speaking of uh, um, the uh, Castles and Crusades 8th printing, so far, I like it better than, than 7th, except for, of course, the, the uh, uh, marginalizing of the Assassin class. I don't like that, but um there there have been some some clarification problems here and there but generally this book is put together pretty well and uh it's it's uh it's it it threads the needle between simplicity and understanding and i think it it, it does a really good job with that so far and i'm, I'm looking forward to combat and magic as a continuation of the same mm -hmm.